This is episode number 53 with Brennan Seaman. Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 21-year-old author and host of this show. And with this show, you and I will embark on a journey to learn the things that we should have learned in school but did not, so that we may take control of our lives while fulfilling our vision of success. Each episode will feature a brand new lesson, and now it's time for today's lesson. So put your thinking cap on because school is now in session. My guest today is 19 years old. He pulls in over $100,000 per year. He was hanging out with Ty Lopez at his house in LA just two weeks ago, and he does not, he does not go to college. His name is Brennan Seaman. Some people are savvy and just have that know-how in terms of making money, and Brennan is clearly one of those people. So for over two hours, we talked about Money, money, money. How to leverage the power of relationships to make more money. We talked about how to get more high-ticket clients, how you can charge premium prices. And by the way, if you're new here and learning is at the core of your being, then make sure you subscribe to this podcast, Growth Mindset University, wherever you're listening, because I know you're not going to want to miss future episodes. And now as far as this episode, I'm just going to lay it all out there. If you do not like money, don't listen to this episode. And now without further ado, let me introduce to you the one, the only Brennan Seaman. All right, Brennan Seaman, I'm super excited to have you on the Growth Mindset University podcast because you told me today... We've been, ta- we've been conversing for quite some time now. You told me today, you texted me, I got some bombs to drop yes, today. Sir. So I'm, I'm wondering what those bombs are going to be. I'm excited to see, my friend, and hear, and I know everyone else is going to be as well, because I know you have a lot of value to give. And this is really, I think, the first time you've sat down and done an inter- interview. Yeah, this is yeah. The first, my first, first one, so I have lots of stuff to share. So Yeah, man, very cool. So I don't even know this too fully yeah, I mean, I've we've been we've been familiar with each other on the internet for right. yeah the past you know year and a half or so, but we've only met up once. This is our second time meeting up. Uh, your story, man, like what is what's your story? What was your upbringing like and whatnot? Right, right. Um, so I grew up in Indiana and in Greenwood and Carmel area. So I spent my whole life, my first twelve years of life there. Um, grew up around all entrepreneurs, both my parents. Um, Everything's just been business. That's kind of how I ended up this way. I was wired for business. Uh, and especially as I got older, both my parents um, made that very clear in, in my upbringing. But um, I was around a lot of failure. My dad uh, went to prison, for, in federal prison, oh, yeah. for a few years. So I didn't have him around um, most of my young life, actually. He was a wildly successful CEO. Same thing, dropped out of high school. 
Dropped out of high school. Dropped out of high school. Yeah, I thought you said that when we were getting sushi. You said yep. it, You said 15, right? Yep, dropped yeah, out. I couldn't. I was doubting myself that you said that because I didn't really. Back in the day when you could, back in the day when you could do whatever you wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he had a he had a landscape uh, landscape company um, that he started, and he bought his first house without even having a driver's license, and stuck all his employees in there in, uh, in downtown Indianapolis, and that was his kind of start. Met you know met. He's really who's had the most influence on me in my life um, in this kind of like upbringing of my business world. But yeah, so he wasn't really around. I don't remember much of uh, my, my younger life just because of that reason. Um, so one of the more interesting things about me is um, a lot of people in Florida, at least like during school, know that my, my dad's still a successful CEO and he's had you know failures and up and downs. And we actually, that's how we actually ended up in Florida was... Um, at a big company in Indianapolis and in the 2008 recession, which I'm sure a lot of people remember, sure. um, crashed everything. He just lost everything, the major loss he's ever had his whole life. And he, we uh, vacationed down here in Bonita Bay and and uh, we pretty much just packed up everything we had left and moved down here and, and kind of restarted life. And uh, that's how I ended up here. And But one of the biggest uh, like unique things about me is people always thought, um, that, you know, my dad and my parents handed me everything. I was a silver spoon kid and, you know, I, my first car was a Mercedes and I just got everything handed to me. But, um, I saw, I've seen so much of both sides. So I was growing up all in failure. I saw failure around me. I saw the back and forth. I saw the failed businesses after business, after business, after business. And I've also seen the multi-million dollar, hundred million dollar company success. I've seen both sides. So I'm not someone that grew up on one side and doesn't know what that feels like. Um, I give a lot of success to the kind of how I act today from that because I don't think a lot of people um, kind of understand that or will even get the experience to understand that because it, it's really a tremendous tool when you're out in the real world talking to people, communicating, and just trying to figure out certain like you know certain issues that you come across every day. Um, some stuff I remember when I was six or seven helped me get through my day today at 19. Um, so yeah, I, I was born on both sides and I saw everything. I mean, it's, it's crazy stuff. Um, I was born and just raised in an office pretty much. My mm -hmm. dad would take me to the office on the weekends. I went to school and went to the office and that was pretty much it. Um, I, I remember building big 60, 70,000 square foot call centers and that's all I remember. And that's how I'm wired, how I'm wired today pretty much. Um, just from those weekends and that time seeing him and it's, it's, it's crazy. And that's also given me the inspiration, um, to know that it's possible. A lot of people think, especially our generation, um, it's hard and that it's not possible to have a hundred million dollar company or, or do these things. Well, certainly it's hard. R correct. Yeah. It's struggling, but people think it's out of reach. You know, people right. think that it's, you know, for this 1%, you have to have some type of fantasy, um, like strength that you get. And, and it's, that's not true. Um, it's just really, you know, it's about going out there every day and just putting in the work and just and making it happen every single day. No one's, you know, no one's gonna come out and give you give you a, a plate with everything you want on it. Um, so it's given me the inspiration to, to realize that it's not out of reach. And I think a lot of people nowadays, especially coming out of school, their you know, their family pushed them to go to school. They they, they mm -hmm. want they want them to go to the nine nine to five job or get the corporate job. Um, those people don't realize how like easy it is to obtain that type of success because they're getting pushed into a certain certain box. Yeah, well we get sold this this uh here, cheers to that buddy. Yes. Hmm. 
we get sold this American dream. Yeah. The default American dream is you, know, you, you get good grades, you can get into a good school, you get more good grades, you get that piece of paper, and you get a right. job for 40, 50 years, and then retire, save everything for retirement, and then you die three years after you retire. Yeah. I'm not interested in that story. <laughs> I know you're not really either, yeah. but that's what people are sort of falling into. And then you say, you know, when things get handed to you, it, when things get handed to you, it's not really, I mean, it's it might be great, you know, it might seem great, but it's not meaningful to the person that it's getting handed to. Because, because the I mean, the universe usually doesn't give us exactly, it doesn't just let things fall in our lap because it knows that we don't necessarily appreciate things that fall into our lap. You know, it's, it's, so the universe is smart. It makes us get up, go work, you know, go move 10, 10 yards over and, and put in the work to get there. Yeah. And then it falls into our lap and that's when we appreciate it. That's when it becomes meaningful. So agree with both of those things, the, the story and, and, you know, just, you know, when get, things get handed to you, I mean, that's not, it's not always good. Yeah, of course. And that goes, you know, going back to the, the, um, the saving money thing and that, that a lot of people I find, I have a lot of friends. I, I try to, one of my, I've kind of figured out my, one of my purposes, um, that I really enjoy is, is trying to show people that there's a, there's other ways of doing stuff and like, um, just how ancient some like your parents' ways and everyone that's trying to tell you these things they're all ancient old ways of thinking. It's the saving. Archaic. Yeah. Yeah. The saving money. Well, your parents saved money because they got 10, 12% on their money when they were, you know, 13, 15 years yeah. old. So back then, saving money was a good idea because you made money off it. Today, you put money in the bank. If you have $100,000 in the bank and you put in a savings account, you are losing money because yeah. of inflation. You are literally, day by day, you lose money. And people just think, like you said, putting in an IRA, a, a retirement account, that you will lo- you will regret it so bad when something happens, or you're 60 years old and 7 years old, and you, it's it's just it won't be worth what you think it will be worth then. And um, I just have so many friends that that think that way, and that's one of my bigger purposes. I try to go to them and just show them um, because even a lot of my best friends still don't really. You know, they see me on social media and they see kind of what, I, what I'm doing, but they don't understand. It's hard to understand something like that from an outsider's point of view. Um, I've had multiple different businesses, but throughout those businesses, the last five, six years of my life, I've literally breathed business and studied money. I know. Like completely, like down to the <laughs> T. And I'm sure my parents probably don't even realize. My dad doesn't probably didn't realize. My dad's who I share a lot of it most with, um, but... Same with my mom. Like my mom, um, she she's still stuck in that ancient way. Like my mom, my dad um, has been doing his whole thing his whole life. They recently just got divorced about two years ago. But um, my dad's a, a risk taker, so he's the born entrepreneur. He will literally put his last dime in his bank account to make something happen. Or my mom, on the other hand, is the saver. The you know don't, like you need to go to college. You need to do this. You need to do that um, because you know she didn't see my dad do that. Um, where, you know, it's just two completely different worlds that people, and, and there's just so many people today that are getting pushed into college because they want to make their mom happier. They, they want to make That's their mean. parents happy. Yeah. 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 I hear people all the time, um, say that, that same thing. Like, you know, I'm, I'm like, why, why, why are you going to school if you don't enjoy it? Like, you know, if you're not, if you know already, you're not going 
for a bigger reason. Like obviously if you're gonna be a doctor or a lawyer or something that requires you to go to school, that's a different story. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing school's bad either. I'm just saying that um, this way, we're in 2018, almost in 2019, you don't have to go to college to get a piece of paper to make money. There, there, there's hundreds of thousands, I mean, it's endless ways to make money. And just people, I, I literally people just say that simple statement, you know, my, I wanna make my mom happy, I wanna make my dad happy that I'm yeah. going to school. But you wanna make your dad and mom happy, you need to be successful and figure out how to do it on your own, not go to school. No book is gonna teach you how to do business, no textbook, no teacher. If the teachers and professors in college knew how to run a business, they'd be too busy. Exactly. And they wouldn't be in a classroom trying to tell you what to do. Yeah. Because there's, and, and something I learned at the very young age is called trial and error. And most people, it's a simple thing. Most people never execute on it though. When I was 16 years old, I first got my driver's license. Um, I was trying to start a detailing business, which is still operating now. We do six figures a year. Oh, it's, yeah, it yeah. sure is operating. We'll talk <laughs> about my, that later. Yeah. So how I got that started, was I went by myself and um, I, I got my, my car and I, I drove to these neighborhoods every day. And I, at the time I was, my very first business I used to sell shoes. And that's what a lot of people remember me as. Um, the people that grew up with me from like middle school to high school remember me as a kid that used to have like 50, 60 shoes and sold the shoes. But that's really where I learned like how to communicate with people, how to sell stuff. Um, like given I was real young and still to this day, I do not certainly know at all, like at all. But I feel like I'm very wise and my, I feel like I'm 50 years old. I've lived a lot of lifetimes I feel and I've experienced and done things that people probably will never experience or they will in their later life. Um, but I basically went to door to door and just door knocked all these guys. I used to get people cursed me out, slam the door in my face, answering their underwear, telling me to go screw off. Like just everything you possibly think of stuff doesn't seem real. I had done to me at these people's doorsteps, trying to sell them to get me to clean their car. And that's really how I started. Um, that's where I learned I, I could never pick up the phone. I could, I, I, I hated talking to people. I hate, mm. I could, I was shy. I couldn't do it. You ask I any, used to too, yeah. Yeah. You ask anyone, um, my girlfriend, my parents, anyone that knew me about four years ago, I couldn't look you in the face for a million dollars, couldn't do it. And then going out, door knocking these people, getting ejected, I mean, everything that you can think of turned me into this person that's like, I just love talking to people. I'll go, I'll go talk to the, the lady at the McDonald's drive-thru and tell her about my life. Um, yeah, that's how my dad is too. And I, it's just, I keep mentioning my dad because um, some of the, I mean, it's just, like I said, I was wired from that trait. That's all I know, and that's today all I know. My, my, um, my brother, he's grown up and being like the exact same way. I was just having this conversation with someone the other day about my brother. He's going to grow up in a different different generation, and, and but he's still going to be wired for that business, that sales type of entrepreneurship that he's seen from me and his dad. Um, but yeah, so I, I went door to door, and that's how I got kind of going. I got my confidence up really. I was, I was young. I had a lot of confidence. Um, and the confidence thing is a big factor, I, I think, not in just business, but in everyday life. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. Um, if you don't have confidence and you're, you know, when you walk out the door every day, you don't have confidence that you're going to do your job right. You know, you look good, whatever it is, you're not going to do anything that day. You're not, the day is going to own you. Um, you'll never get anything done. So, yeah. You run the day or the day runs you. Yeah. Now sure. what does confidence look like to you? Um, you don't have to have a lot of money. A lot of people think that mm -hmm. confidence, you have to have a lot of money. You have a nice car. Um, I, I see people every day that, that drive Toyotas and, and you, you would never guess that they had a lot of money or they were who they were, but that's just because they had confidence in themselves. They don't have to have the nice car. They don't have to have the ginormous house on the beach for them to have confidence or feel good about themselves. Um, I think confidence to me is just knowing, I think it's a really a big part of my mindset. Um, 
and that's a lot of the, a lot of your mind is makes up a lot of your daily decisions that you think are not possible. But if you can shift your mind to feel confident in yourself, um, you can do anything. And that's really like you know I go out every day and I know I can do these things even when I'm seven ten cars deep in the day and I'm confident in myself I can get through those. You know, I can I can get those clients what they want to get. I can get through the day and and have a successful day. And um, it's it's really just all in your mind. Everything you do every day is in your mind. Oh, I know. I wrote a book about mindset. Yep. Yes, <laughs> but do you invest? That's um, what I wanted to ask earlier. We, I don't want to lose this though. Yeah. So, so I don't. Um, I've invested small amounts in certain things. Um, I was a, I was a play, I was a player in the Bitcoin stuff when it first started going. I haven't touched the Bitcoin in about a year um, since it kind of had its downfall. Um, I invested in. Um, my dad taught me how to do forex, which is foreign exchange currency, about two years ago in high school. So there was a time um, when I was trying to grow my detailing business, and I was I was working, and I had a kind of a gap where I wasn't. I kind of gave up on the detailing. Not so gave up, but it just wasn't. I didn't have time to do it. I was in school, and this, there was no way to do it. Um, so he taught me how to do forex, and I was investing my money and. Um, Completely complicated thing, but and you're doing that. You're doing that like independently on your own. The, the whole forex right. thing. Okay, well, what the heck are these? There's people in these forex masterminds like paying x amount of dollars, per, paying out like 120 dollars per month until yeah. they enroll <laughs> two people below them, and that's like bullshit. Yeah. It's a pyramid scheme. My dad. By the way, you can curse too. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to tell you. No worries. Yeah. So my dad actually. Um, so. This is a short snippet there. When my, when my dad, when we moved here, he, like I said, he lost everything. Um, he taught himself how to trade foreign exchange currency, and that's how he made his comeback um, and took over his life again. He had so much traumatic dis- disarray, and Forex got him out of that place. Um, so he's been doing Forex. It, 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 what you're, like, like you're saying, there's so many people. It's I want to call people call them scamming them. Um, but you can't trade for a year and then go put a course up and sell a bunch of people saying that you know how to trade because my dad, I've experienced it firsthand. He's been trading for 10 years and still like, it's just not possible. Like you have to lose millions of dollars literally to learn how to play this game. Mm-hmm. And these kids, I, I, I follow a lot of them on Instagram. This is, this is you do too. Like it's funny. They, they, they trade for six months and they, and you know, they post their good trades. They post something that's not even rough. I've heard a story about people posting other people's trades from like Canada and, and junk that like you know, no one else would have seen, but they're posting it. Um, you, now there is, I'm not down, downgrading. There's some young kids probably that know what they're doing. And oh, yeah. there's some very, very successful people that trade Forex, but there's a huge sap. And I think that's why it gets a bad rep. Um, especially in this, this year I've noticed just because there's so many people doing it. It's like the Bitcoin thing. As soon as the Bitcoin thing blew up, everyone was a freaking Bitcoin master and they were selling course on Bitcoin, but no one really knows what they're doing. It's just because it, you know, they get their, that, that course up and they get the money from the first person. But um, so I, I, I taught myself and my dad how to do that. My dad taught me and I was doing it in school under, under the phone. I was on, on my phone doing it. I had like two grand in the account, I think. Um, that summer though, I was, I was, I was dedicated. I, I thought that was going to be what I was going to do for the rest of my life. That summer I was, I was 17, just turned 17 and I was making $500 a day at a desk in two hours clicking a button. And it really is financial freedom. You can figure it out. You can sit on a beach. You can sit on an airplane. You can sit anywhere in the world and click a button. And you can make a million bucks. It's it's if you can figure out how to do it, it's financial freedom forever. You talking about timing it? 
and whatnot. And four and four X, just yeah. knowing the right trades oh, and, okay. and knowing um, what you're doing. Cool. And so I, I figured I, I was slowly but surely figuring this out after a few months. And um, so school started, and I was I was underneath my desk, and that's how trading works. Is around eight to ten o'clock, all the important news announcements come out. So of course, anyone that's been in high school and knows that your phone comes out, you get sent to detention, all the, all the BS stuff that. It's just, it, it, it's like you're in prison. You can't oh, yeah. do anything. And so I had an account with like two, three grand, and then I'm trying to trade underneath this desk, trying to text my dad to figure out what these news announcements are, what's coming out, because I can't do anything. Teachers yelling at me, sitting out of the classroom, and I started just losing money because I couldn't figure out what I'd do. So I, <laughs> I, I, it was a bad situation. In school, that's just another example. Like, you know, that was a way that you could have, someone could easily drop out of high school that knows how to trade Forex and make $100 million. But school is, it, it, it's so, control of it and what they want you to do and what you, you you know all these people i'm sure there's tons of people in school that want to expand and you know if they actually taught you and it taught you how to express your like mind and your feelings in school there would be so many other things people could do with their lives but they just teach you the same nothing's changed you look back at school 100 years ago you're still sitting in the same classrooms with brick walls and, and you're getting taught the same things yeah and so as soon as someone's trying to do something else it's like not you know that's not okay you can't do that go get, get, go sit in this room and um, so, yeah, I pulled out of that and I got my money out of there. And um, But it was a great experience. I learned a lot. I, I, I enjoyed doing it. I probably wouldn't do it again just because it takes a lot of time. And I, my times are fast forward to today, focus on different things. Um, but that's, that's I got a lot of experience, just like, you know, tri trial and error, just one thing after another after another, just, f just figuring out that failure, taking that failure and, and turning it into the next idea and, and learning from it. Mm-hmm. Man, I've been telling my I've been telling a couple of my friends about you, and from from what they from what they've gathered and from what I've gathered, the consensus is some people just know how to make money. Yeah, some people just have that, and you clearly have that, and that's you know if you I'll make a public service announcement: if you don't like money, turn this <laughs> podcast off. Right now, yes, please. I've had a I've had a couple of those recently with some really? famous marketers on the show, and like if you don't like money, don't listen to these these podcasts. But your first business now, and I was I was having trouble uh, uh, remembering who it was that I was talking to the other day uh, that that had this sneaker business, and and now I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I realized yesterday, oh yeah, it's Brennan, yeah. it's Brennan. So your first business was. That sneaker business. Right. You told me you're doing. Did you say you were doing a thousand dollars a week or two? What um, was it? Almost a thousand bucks a week. I was shoot. Maybe I think I started. I was twelve, maybe thirteen, and um, I you know I was I knew nothing about business or world. Um, I got made fun of a lot about the shoot things because people, you know, no one understood it. First of all, you know, you go to school. I worried that I would punch you in the face if you stepped on my shoes, like. I would freak. Oh, dude, I'd freak out yeah. too. And uh, you know, I was wearing like thousand dollar shoes sometimes. And these kids thought it was all right, I, I, and it just wasn't all. Right. It was not a good day. <laughs> and uh, so, so a lot of people like uh, made fun of me for the shoe thing when I was, and I, I stayed with the shoe things since um, the end of elementary school all the way through eighth grade. Around eighth grade, I kind of faded out of it. Um, but yes, yeah, so my first business I had was selling shoes. Somehow, I, I don't remember how I stumbled upon the passion for the sneakerhead stuff. Um, but it, I think it just happened, really, to be honest. Um, I started doing YouTube videos. So I would take these shoes and I would review the shoes and, and um, put them mm. up on YouTube. And they were like two five-minute videos. Um, 
just showing people the shoes. And so I, I started gaining a lot of traffic on the YouTube and a lot of people had like two or 3,000 subscribers and I was like 14, 13 and uh, my voice was all, you know, little, couldn't talk. And so then I, I figured out, I was like, man, I, I need to start selling these things. So I had my room, I had probably 60, 50 pairs of shoes in my room. So I was like, man, I need to sell these things. So um, Florida does, or uh, Naples at least, and like Fort Myers, they don't really get a lot of like, like they're not a big, spot on the map to get these big shoes that are like you know if you're in Chicago or LA or Miami so I used, I found these kids I paid these little kids 20 you know, people are crazy these people that have no money that should be working around camping out for these shoes overnight oh my gosh like yeah. total insane like insane like I would never like, as much as I love shoes you could you would never catch me doing that like I'm not gonna sleep in a tent for two days over a pair of shoes um but I found these kids that I paid 20 bucks it was one like one shoe per person, so they usually just sit in the line for me. They get the shoes. I get three or four of them on the weekend. I credit. I created a website of Wix. I was fourteen years old, mastering up websites. I still use Wix today because I started doing it five years ago, um, and I created a whole website where, basically based off my YouTube channel, I would put the shoes up early. I ended up getting the shoes early after a while from the, these certain people I, I met with. So I get the shoes about a week, like five days before my release date, put the video up, create all the traffic. People would go to the website and on release day, I'd have four of them already ready for it. You know, I, I, by nine o'clock, I'd either have them online, I had bro bots online, um, or I'd have the people that actually give them to me. I'd post the receipts on the website and they'd be sold, you know, within 30 minutes. So I found this, this algorithm when I was like, I, I was so young, I had no, you know, I had more money than I could even think about doing. I had no expenses, I was living, obviously living yeah. at home. And um, so I just started stacking these shoes. I mean, my room is filled with shelves after shelves. And, and so I, that's another thing. Like the shoes turned into the YouTube and everyone knew me as the kid that was on YouTube in middle school. And, and um, so that was a whole kind of, it was a very successful thing um, at that age, especially in my eyes. But it was a whole trial that set me up for it, this exact spot that I'm at today. Um, the way I learned like how to communicate, like just the simple stuff uh, people don't realize just figuring out how to talk to people at 14 years old is a major, like, people, very few people to this day will ever, like, ever be able to have that experience. And I was fortunate enough to figure out that on my own. And, and back back to, like, my parents saying, no one helped me. So, uh, you know, my parents are successful entrepreneurs. My dad never gave me money. My mom, never, and no one ever gave me money. Sure, I had a great life, and my, you know, I was always taken care of, and... I was always, you know, it was, I had, I'm not complaining about that, but no one ever gave me anything. I did everything on my own still to this day. I'm 19. I live on my own. I have everything. I pay for a single thing, not a single thing my parents pay for. Mm-hmm. You can go ask 80% of anyone, you know, that's 19 and they still live at home. They drive a car, their parents bought for them. They, they go to school from their parents tuition. Like I was an adult at 14 years old and that's how I've lived to get to where I am today. People see the things I have today that are my best friends and are, I, I bring them around some of the stuff I have and they're just like, how else is possible? But they don't realize that there's like four or five years that they, they were with me in school. I was doing all this stuff, get, you know, people were commenting on and that set me up for where I'm at, where I'm exact spot I am today. So that little tiny shooting that everyone made fun of and, and, and that no one understood made me build and make $100,000 a year at 18 years old and while I was in high school pretty much and blow everyone out of the park. And it's something I never have regretted doing. I've never regretted like anything that's happened from that. It taught, it's taught me so much and it led me from, I basically sold all my shoes one day. I kind of grabbed it, sold all my shoes to some dude in like Oregon. Um, gave him like a hundred bucks a shoe and packed them up and sent them away. <laughs> and then uh, I went from that business to 
detailing in between. I went to school, played uh, four years of high school football, and so I didn't yeah. do anything in between. Um, I was at, in between that. I was trying to do detailing, and it was in my mind, but I, detailing didn't explode until the end of senior year. Um, so I had some time in between. I was I was <clears throat> figuring some things out, and I actually had a job that high school forced me to get because uh, I took co-op as a class. So I used to work uh, 35, 30 hours a week at Smithy King, which I absolutely hated. I hated my gut, but um, it was a challenge. And I, I, it was very painful for me, and I took the, the challenge as a learning experience. So I, I got a lot of things out of that job, mostly that I realized I never want to work for anyone ever in my whole life. But also, um, I worked 35 hours a week so I could get off one day out of that week and go try to knock on someone's door to get 100 bucks at the time. I think I was charged 100 bucks for a full detail or something like that. But literally, I worked 35 hours a week at the smoothie shop. I got paid minimum wage. And the one day I had off, I got out of school two hours early and I would go drive to a neighborhood and try to knock on someone's door. It never worked. No one ever, no one, I ne it never worked, but I did every week. And, um, the smoothie shop was a great experience. I ended up becoming great owners with the guy that owns it. I actually just opened up one right down the street here. He's a great buddy of mine. Um, got promoted in the store in like three months. Made all some of the employees quit because of me because they were all they've been working there for a year. And the, so young, I, the young stallion moving in. Yeah. So I basically just went into the thing. I was like, hey, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do it. You know, it's gonna be my store. Like I'm gonna run it like it's my store, and that's what happened. And I was acknowledged for that. And people got pissed off, and people literally people left because of me. They got they went to the owner and complained because I was there for like ninety days. Got promoted to the like the manager that opened the store, closed the store, and they've been working there for a year and a half and didn't get a raise. And it, it was just a bunch of nonsense. And it it got to the point where I was not be able to. I, I I was growing the detailing business at the same time at the very end, and I wasn't able to focus giving my hundred percent on that job. And so as soon as uh, senior year quit, I was, I, I left that job. Me and the owner are still very close. He watches, sees what I do every day. We still text and talk, and he's a great dude. Awesome. I, I thank him a lot for the experience of, you know, he gave me there. So, respect to all of that. That yeah. was quite the <laughs> soliloquy there. Thank you. Thank you. That was that was great, man. I had a. I think I mentioned this when we were eating over sushi and talking over sushi the other week. I had a job for two and a half years, from sixteen to. 18 and a half years old yeah. where I was a, I, I was, you know, I was a, I started as a busser in a very nice restaurant. And so, you know, I was 16, I was making 12 to $14 per hour because, you know, with tips in a nice restaurant like that, that's right. what it came out to. And then, you know, when I turned 18, when it was legal for me to be a server there because, you know, carrying alcohol and whatnot, yeah, yeah. um, I was promoted to server and, uh, and it quickly fell apart after that. And you know, I was a I was a good employee. Did what I was told. Right. Uh, you know, Jordan cleaned the drains. Jordan, did you clean the bathrooms? You cleaned the bathrooms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm imitating someone right now. I shouldn't. I shouldn't do. I shouldn't name or any. But but people know what I'm talking about from home. <laughs> Jordan, did you clean bathrooms? So. I cleaned the bathroom. I cleaned the drains. I did. I it did the dirty work. Yeah, and I was told what to do, and sometimes received a little backlash. And you know, that was the job. You know, once I once I left there, I was like, never yep. again. I knew it, and I said, I I projected it out to everyone that I came into contact with. When I moved to Florida to go to Florida Gulf Coast University, when I moved from Philly. And I knew nobody. That was like my, in my elevator pitch to people, so right. to say. 
uh, I'm never going to work for anyone and I'm going to have a Porsche by senior year. Okay. Uh, and that was, that was it. Everyone knows like Jordan's not working for anyone and he's adamant about it. And, and that was so, so much like yourself. We're, we're very, we're very similar there. For sure. Yeah. I, it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I can't be, I can't be managed. I don't wake up to be managed. I, I yeah. just want to, just want to do what I want to do and have fun and have meaning in my work. For sure. uh, do some impactful work, have fun with it. Uh, not, not really slave around in a restaurant yeah. per se, or even behind a desk. Right. You know, what, what you, I'm aspiring. I work in the, I can work in a restaurant now. And what am I, I'm aspiring to get that job behind that desk to sit there sit for, there, yeah. for 10 hours per day. What the hell is that? Yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Well, one of the biggest things I, um, I value today besides the money, like I don't even, you know, money is completely different story. But something I learned from working at, at a minimum wage job, you know, my paychecks there for 35 hours a week were like 100 and, I don't know, my highest one would be like 180 bucks. And, um, you know, fast forward to that, I make 180 bucks like the first hour I'm awake. And so something that I've really, I've really taken in as an experience is the freedom part, like what you're saying about the job and the desk. And something I value, like, just to be, just to be able to wake up on days and you just get to do whatever you want. Like, you know, you, you are the, there's also a misconception that you're your boss, you make your schedule and like, you know, you can be lazy and do stuff on the days. And I think that's a, that's a different topic, but um, I've had an awesome year. This last year has been the best year of my life. I've been solely, well. solely freedom, like just by myself. I've had, you know, just be able to get up every day. I, I get to go where I want. I can. Right now I'd be like, hey, I want to go to freaking Bali in the morning. I, I, I make my schedule, you know, I can go do that without anyone. I don't need approval from anyone. I don't have to ask off off a job. I don't need. To, I don't care about anyone and what they got to say. I can just go do it. And so that's something I've 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 just fell in love with completely is the freedom of just waking up every day and just owning my life completely without any input from anyone. You know, and just making. I just that's my goal every day. I wake up and I just I just make it happen every single day. And um, I get a lot of credit. Like I said, I learned a lot from that job because the job took a lot of freedom away from me. I would go on Sundays. Sundays are my busiest days now. But Sunday mornings, I'd have to open that store up, that smoothie store, at 9 o'clock in the morning. So I would go. At the time, I had one maintenance client that paid me every month. I would go wash her car at 6 in the morning. It took me an hour. And I would go home, and I would rush real quick. And within about 10 minutes, I had to be, like, literally within 10 minutes, I had to be out the door going to the smoothie shop. I did that for a whole year in senior year, and I was the kid that went to a smoothie king. But that that smoothie king position taught me so much about the freedom, about just knowing who I was as a person, and just um, even little things like talking to people again, like going back to talking and communication, like talking to customers. Um, I still wasn't even like a hundred percent where I was where I am today talking to people. I was still kind of shy, but just, just a simple thing like that gave me so much output on what I wanted to do after that. So, yeah, that's what it is. It's do you own your life or does someone else, does some company own your life? You're That's, helping them make, you know, that guy's feature, you know, there's people that are working nine to fives and they're, they're stuck in the cubicles and they're, I'm going to work here for 40 hours or 40 years. You know, you're helping someone else create their dream and, you know, create what they want to do by you being there every day, which yeah. if that's your, you know, if that's your vehicle, that's how you're going to make a bunch of money. Then that's totally fine too. I don't also think everyone needs to be an entrepreneur. Um, sure. I think you need to find 
you know, a lot of people don't have what it takes to be an entrepreneur just to be sort of like, you know, yeah. people cannot take waking up every day and, and figuring out how to do it by themselves, working by themselves every day. It's lonely as hell. Like, and I've been doing it for a year and a half. I don't talk, I, I go every day by myself until recently I've actually hired employees. But like for a year and a half, for, for four years, I went out doing it by myself. I didn't tell my parents what I was doing. No one. So a lot of these kids are soft as hell. Like they're grown up and their parents are, you know, like the handout stuff, you know, they don't, they don't, they cannot take any, someone's, they're going to get punched in the face either when they graduate college or because they didn't go to college, they're going to get their teeth knocked out and it's going to suck and their parents are just going to be there to comfort them. And so a lot of people can't handle being an entrepreneur and, and facing that. Yep. Um, so I also think though, like if there's a job that is your vehicle that you know you can make a million dollars a year, then, you know, that's your vehicle, then you should be at that that's totally fine. You should you should take that, um, and that's how you're going to make a money. Because you know, if you make a bunch of money and you can be successful and take care of your family, you're going to be able to make a difference to someone. Whether it be one person, your family, if you're uh, you know you end up being famous, you know, if it's it's your vehicle that you're in, it does you know you don't have to be solely an entrepreneur to, to get that end goal. Um, it can come with working with another company, and like, but it's it's you know your your chances are slim when it comes to that. Yeah. So now I go to college. Right. You don't. Never went. And I always, I always fantasize, man, <laughs> if, if I wasn't in, if I wasn't going to school. Because in the summer, when I get a span of a couple months where I'm not going to school, my income goes up to where it should be right now at capacity. You know, it gets up to $10,000 yeah. a month in the summer, which is great. And, I'm, you know, I'm 21, so, and, and that's... Now, I, if I'm making that at 30 years old, that's that sucks. Yeah, different story. That sucks. But but right now, just starting out, like that's great. But you know, in the school years, happens every time, man. It just it's a steep cliff. Yeah. I just you're being robbed of your time. Now, here's the thing, and I always say, uh, for me, for me, and for people like me and you, maybe college is not the best thing. Right. And there, but but. It's not, that's not everyone's path. There are people that need it and should be clinging to a college education by, like, they should be clinging for their life to it because they, they're relying on it. Like, they don't, they, they just don't have, you know, they don't have the entrepreneurial spirit, spirit. They don't have that and whatnot. Um, you know, what, who, who are the type of people that, that don't that, that that don't need college right now. I mean, what what are the sort of questions you should be asking yourself? Because because some people they're like you know think it's okay to do nothing. I mean, it's yeah. no ex- not going to college is no excuse to not learn on your own. Not to not to work your ass off. Yeah, and that's the big thing. I mean, a lot of people that go to college, it's a vacation. You know, it's a it's especially when your parents pay for it. Uh, you know, you're talking it's a four or five year vacation for some people and. That's where they screw. I tell my, I have a best friend that his dad's a big CEO and he's in college and we've had this talk a million times and um, I always tell people, you have that four to five years in between that's, you're going to either make or break your life. Now, obviously you can recover. I'm not saying you can't recover from a major loss later on in life, but you're going to set your life up in 10 years from now what you're doing today. So what you're doing today is going to, you know, you're dictating this, very, me and you are dictating what we're, what it's going to be happening in 10 years of our life by sitting here together at this very second. Yes, sir. The last two years, you know, we've been dictating what what is our life going to be like when we're 30 years old. Um, so these people that are going to college and, and they know, I mean, I, I think they're smart enough to know that they're just sitting back and, you know, they're getting by with barely, you know, the bare minimum and 
we're getting drunk every night partying and and to, sure you know I, I definitely like I have this conversation this is my friends like I, I I'm not a big partier but I never will be able to experience that that college experience that everyone else has but I'll be able to party as much as I want in 10 years from now as much as I want because I didn't for five years four years whatever um, you know and so I, I, the people that don't need to go to call you know I think you know um, I, I, I think you can go to call like I don't, I don't I don't frown on going to college and you know you dropping out because you know, you just know, like, you know, it may, it may take you going to college for two years and experiencing that, like that pain and just for your mind to click, like, this is not, you know, this is not for me. This is not what I need to do. Um, yeah. and for, it might take you, you might meet someone there. You might meet, um, you know, mentors are very important. I have a lot of mentors in my life today and, um, I probably wouldn't be where I am without meeting some of the mentors, but going back to the, the, the parent thing with the kids, a lot of these people don't have the right advice. You know, these people are taking advice from people that never made it or they, they don't have any. They're just the same old nine to fivers that they're growing up to be. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to like downgrade those people, but you're getting advice to, you know, you're asking advice to be a multimillionaire, be successful or have this freedom from someone that's never done it or never worked hard enough to get it. So why would you, why, why are you taking advice from someone like that? Why are you not taking advice from someone that? Like, you know, I know the Jacksonville Jaguars owner, like take advice. It's, it's a complete oh, different, yeah, it's a complete different, you know, conversation. You're in a room with those people. It's a complete different conversation. So you shouldn't be asking your friends that are in college and that, are, that are, you know, you need to go out and find these people because something I've found out, especially this year is I've never asked for help from someone and no one's ever not helped me. And so I think a lot of people, even me when I was young, I was always scared that ask for help or like even just advice like um one of my good mentors is john d'angelis he owns d'angelis diamond and they do almost a billion dollars in construction every year huge company he was one of my first mentors and I, we, I, he's still my customer every week and i go to like we're just we're like a family with him and um i would always just go to him for business advice and i i, I finally like I would, I would i was scared to ask him but finally it, it kind of it just clicked, and so I, I realized this. So many people are afraid to ask for help, advice, questions, and a part of the success factor there is talking to those people about the next step, or being ready for something that comes for you. And um, you know, you can't be getting advice from the people that have never done it, the people that tell you, you know, money's not everything. This mm -hmm. whole world is built off money. If money wasn't everything, you wouldn't be in college. You wouldn't be going to get it, it. It's an economic planet. Yeah, everything runs on money. You can value money differently, of course, but you tell me money is everything. You obviously haven't had enough, um, because that is just simply not true. And I, I've told teachers that I've told people that, and they yell at me and frown upon me. I've told friends that have never talked to me again because of that simple statement. Because I people, you say that to people nowadays, and people think you're some conceited asshole that just thinks about money and doesn't care. But um, yeah, I mean, there's just no way around it. Their money runs this planet. You can get money and, and do great things with it. You cannot be a, an important person and change people's life without money. It's not possible. Um, it's, it's just simply you can't get where you need to go. You can't know the right people. You can't get the right things. It all involves money. So, um, you know, if, if going back to the question is like, if you're in college right now and, and it's just not like clicking, you're failing your classes maybe, um, you're just, you just literally can't, you know, gather, but you cannot find, there's no why. Like if you're in college and you have a why, like why are you in college and you're waking up every day and you know why you're going to college and what you are bound to do there, then you probably have a purpose and a reason why you're there.
But if you're in college right now and you're studying your ass off and you're not getting anywhere and you're bored and, and like, you know, there's just so many opportunities and college just takes those like that. That's as I was telling you the four or five years, you are stuck in that place and it takes every opportunity away from you. Now, I'm not saying you can't be in college and, and you can be in college and do your thing and still work on being an entrepreneur, of course. But the experience that I have learned, not even stepping foot in a college, will outwit anyone's experience. I don't care if you went to Harvard. I don't care where you went. Yeah. I don't care if your dad is worth a billion dollars. and you, I, I don't care. what. Uh, there's, no, there's nothing that can outweigh my experience of being on my own with no one's help for four years. Because you're yeah. going to step out on the world and, and whenever you graduate in four years and you're going to restart like you're 14. You're going to completely restart unless you're getting some handout from your parents or you're, you're, you're going into your dad's company or whatever it is. You're going to restart and nothing's going to matter. Your piece of paper ain't going to mean nothing. Yep. And it's gonna, you're going to restart and you're going to get punched in the face and it's going to be brutal. And uh, I've, I've, I've seen it happen with my, my older friends. I, I see it happening to the people that I know. I see it and I, that's like going back to my kind of main purpose. Is I, I, I'm, I'm trying to show these people that there's other ways of living life and doing – it's a new new flood. You can do all kinds of different things and um, – I'm going to be five years ahead of you. I'm going to have five years of experience that you'll never get the experience because I took that, you know, I, you could be greatly successful going to the college and you could outbeat me by a hundred percent. I'm told I have no jealousy, no envy, no nothing. I'm all for that. But I'm just telling you when you step out of college, I'm going to be more prepared in the real world than you'll ever be. So like, you know, and that's to anyone that's, if you're, if you're sitting in college right now and you're two years in, you got two, you know, you're two years left to go. And like I said, you just feel like you can't, you know, it's just not clicking, then you need to get out because you still have two more years on it. You can take those two years and put them on everyone else that's behind you. That's going to come out and restart. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I give so much success. Like I would not be the person I am. I would not have what I've done in my life if, if I went to school. I just, I wouldn't. Yeah. Concepts in your head are a poor substitute for experience. Yes. That's the principle there. And what you're doing right now. You say you're, you know, you can party in ten years because what you're doing now, and it goes back to a principle that I write about extensively in my book, and that's you know, do the things that are. If you do the things that are hard today, your life will be easy tomorrow. Yes. If you do the things that are easy today, your life will be hard tomorrow. Brandon, you're doing the things that are that are pretty hard today. You know, your day. You were telling me about your days. What your days are like. You're doing the things that are hard today, Every day. and your life's gonna gonna be that much easier tomorrow, and or you know a couple years down the line. Right. It's called. It's what I call front loaded stress. You're all the stress you're putting you're putting on like today, and it, some people backload stress. Yep. You know they they just push it to tomorrow. Like oh, I'll deal with that tomorrow. I'll deal with that next week in a in a couple of years when it comes. And what happens is that they're just going with the flow, going with the flow, and eventually they fall over Niagara Falls, yep. and 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 fall into a pit of of misery and being you broke. Out. Right, yeah. you can't get out. And really, what what could have happened was that falling over the waterfall could have been prevented by by better decisions. Further upstream. It's what Tony Robbins calls the Niagara Syndrome. The people that just go with the flow. They go with the flow of current events, current fears, current problems, current desires. The current. They go with the current. They go with the flow of the current and they fall over. And that's that's exactly it. That's what you're talking about there. Yeah. 
the pain thing is uh is big man like um so one of my biggest traits is like i've endured a lot of pain like i said earlier in the beginning is like you know i've been on both sides i've seen i've seen the huge success but you know 70 percent of that i i have been built to endure pain like that most people can endure i've had people turn on me i, I like recently like just like not even in my earlier life like to this, to this day i've had so much stuff that has been painfully impacted me um but you have to be able to take that pain and and and, and use that as your product you know so many people they did like you're saying like they get one thing happened they run away they, they stop doing what they're doing and, and it um Pain is such a great tool. Like it, it is an awesome tool to get where you want to be. Because uh, when you're inflicted with that pain, you got two options: you sit sit there and take that pain and cry and hope for people to come, you know, rescue you. There's no team that's gonna come rescue you. There's no no one's gonna come rescue you. Or you can get up and take the pain. And I took this. So my parents got a divorce about two, three years ago. It was probably the most painful thing I went through. I didn't show it, um, but like just um, and emotionally, like internally, it was probably the most painful thing I went through. But what I did with it, and this is where my company exploded, I took every ounce of that pain, and I went, when I, when I was ticked off or pissed, I took it and I went to work. So I went to work and I used that, I fueled myself with that. And a year later, I was, I found myself with a hugely successful company, and, and it, I, I give a lot to the pain part. And people, like going back to what I was saying earlier as well, like this generation, a lot of these kids with their parents and just the people that get advice from are just growing up soft. And, um, you know, these soft participation trophies, yeah, and, like and you know, just get handouts, and yeah, you know. as soon as they get hit with something, they're gonna they're gonna drop, and um, it's just something I, I I tell a lot of people like I can I can endure pain that most people would quit and get on their knees to stop, yeah. and I've endured my whole life. It's all I've known, um, and I've used it to get where I am today. And you need and people need to use it. I I cannot stress it enough. There's nothing more probably like to be honest that's more fueling than pain. Doesn't matter if you're broke, you have pain because you're broke. It doesn't matter if you have family pain, someone died, you know, whatever. There's pain everywhere. You can find. No one has a perfect life. Everyone in this world has pain somehow. So use it. Why you're already in pain? Might as well get something out of you know that 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 whether it be a year, ten years, whatever it be. You're already in pain, so use that time period to get something out of it. Like I, I don't and and I just see kids. I see my friends doing that. Everyone runs away the first time. They run away and they don't, you know, like you're saying, they just push on the back burner and, you know, mm. next thing you know, it's four years from now and they're still doing the same shit they were doing five years ago and they're, you know, they're broke, have no money, parents paying for the rent. Like, it's just the same stuff. Over. And their habits, it's the habits that they will dictate what you do. You want a different life? I, I recently started doing this, this year especially, I, I really wrote down a piece of paper, my habits, you know, I wanted a different life going into this year. And I, I, your habits that you do every day, it doesn't matter if it's two, if it's 20, one habit can change your whole life. So you want a different life. If you sit or sitting here right now listening to this and your life is, you, you want a new life and you can't figure out how to get it, change your habits because your habits will dictate a year from now where you're going to be. So anything from the gym, from getting up early, if I get up, I get up every day at five o'clock. These people that I know don't wake up till nine, 10 o'clock. Like I already got a jump start on your day. I already beat you. I will outwork you. A hundred times, I would run circles around the guy who graduated out of Harvard. And yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. And I have a lot of competitors around in Naples, especially that um, that know who I am. And they it pisses them off that I'm, I'm this old. I'm 19 years old, and these people are 30. And I'm beating them. I'm literally running circles around them. I had nowhere. I just popped up. 
And um, of course, that's what it seemed like to them. But I basically just popped up out of nowhere. I will outwork anyone. I, I accept the challenge ahead of time from anyone that's listening to this and wants to outwork me because I will, I, I, I will die trying to outwork you. Man. And that's, that's 100%. That's my model. I mean, you ask anyone of my parents, I will outwork you. Yeah. Every, every freaking day. Oh, man. You know, I, I say, uh, you know, nobody, I told you this the other week, people our age, it's very hard to impress me. Yeah. It's very hard. And it's very hard to outwork me. People, especially people our yeah. age, I know that. But you, number one, you impressed me. I told you that <laughs> yeah. before. And number two, you, I know for a fact you outwork me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there can be different forms of outworking, but, you know, I'm talking about like, you know, so, someone wants to, you know, let's say you have a goal to make a hundred, you know, I, if you have a goal to make a hundred thousand dollars a year and you wake up at nine o'clock, you'll never get there. I'll beat oh, you. Yeah, I'll yeah. beat you. I'll beat you seven months. I'll beat you two months in. So, um, I, there's no way around. You, you cannot name a successful person that has not been handed money or given to, you know, a trust fund, whatever that has not worked their freaking body to the ground that has not worked their face. It's not possible. So your high performance habits, though, going back to that, your high performance habits are getting up early. You know, you're gonna run circles around the guy that gets up at nine a.m. Constantly which learning, is, which is just I can't believe people get up at nine a.m. I see it. Every people day. think that's early. My clients, <laughs> I call my clients. I can't tell you how many times I show up at people's house and they're asleep and miss their appointments because they're asleep and it's eight eight thirty. I was up at five. I went to the gym watch some YouTube videos on Grant Cardone I was out the door and I'd be like my clients who are supposed to have my money those people have my money they're asleep and they missed their appointment because they texted me an hour later and said oh man I'm sorry I fell asleep or whatever I, I, I laugh at those people yeah and and you know those people are adults those people are usually typically like 40, 30 years old and they're adults they should be the ones outworking me but in, in Heinz fact I'm the one outworking them um, and yeah so I, I mean that's I literally wake up I, ha- I don't have a lot of one thing I do need to improve on is reading. I don't read a lot um, just because I'm a visual mm-hmm. learner. Um, so like I mentioned, you at, too. Yeah, dinner. I, I have made every cent I've made without spending anything. I've learned all from YouTube. I've learned all from um, mm-hmm. online. I've learned it from free content. And that's another thing is like excuses. I'm not big on excuses. People, um, you know, people, there's a lot of issues in the world today, but I don't care what your parents were in your life whatever you could have the worst life and there's always something that has it worse than you but there's no excuse for you not to be able to learn and make money i yeah so i've done everything online um and like i said earlier no one's helped me so i didn't receive money from anyone i came up with it i you know building block from building block from building block i learned my first cold call script from a grant cardone video oh. that was two minutes long on youtube i uh i i, I took linkedin i got everyone's numbers off linkedin i cold call people and i made that was in high school at the time I made my first like ten thousand dollars in like four days, literally. Like mm-hmm. I had like ten thousand dollars lined up in appointments within like a week. Yeah. And um, I was just blown away. I was like, "Why did I have I ne- Why did I not have the balls to do this earlier?" Because I was scared to talk on the phone. I was scared to talk to people. And this literally, and it was. You can still look it up today. It's one of these videos of Grant Cardone walking out of his office, and he's taking the phone from one of his employees and closing the dude on the phone. And um, it's like a minute and forty seconds, and it, it taught me everything. And I'm, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to hook me up with that. Yeah, yeah, I'll send it to you because um, my, I recently, as you know, I went to Ty Lopez's house. I was flying out there, but like Ty Grant, um, Brad Lee, like these people upload, and there's a lot more now too. Grant was an early player in the game, but 
Um, there are so many people that upload bombs on YouTube every single day that people can, are ignoring that it can take and put in. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're a, if you're a $50 million CEO, you can take these things that these guys are saying and implement it immediately into your real life. Yeah. Dude, I was talking to Vin Clancy, I think two weeks ago now, and you know he's he's a very infamous marketer, yeah. uh, really pretty well known, and you know raised a hundred thousand dollars in book pre-orders and whatnot, and he's all over. And you know what he something he told me: uh, give away all your secrets, people will love it, but they'll say the secrets aren't good. Can you can, can you do them for us, and we'll give you money? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the uh, it's the same thing. Like the YouTube, like. Uh, people don't appreciate yeah. people don't appreciate that people don't appreciate all the, the everything is available to us on YouTube yeah. that was my point uh, and, and books and but you do have me on that you I'm gonna show you in my room like all the floating shelves of books <laughs> yeah, in yeah. there and and I, I can't even imagine how much I've spent on books you just made me think about it when you said I haven't spent a, a time <laughs> you, you got me on that yeah. because I'm more of the book guy not the YouTube right. guy but I used, I used to be a little bit of a YouTube guy I should I should incorporate a little more YouTube though I mean it's it's not just it's not just watching you know mindlessly watching oh, BS. I mean, it's there's some great great stuff on there. Yeah, when I say I'm addicted to like Grant, like like in these people, I mean, um, you ask anyone that that like is around me during the day. Like, I, so basically, I come home from work and I'm you know I'm exhausted, slammed. I can take a shower, get some food in me, and I'm back on the computer working on my online. And what and I, and the, I don't watch like these videos unless it's something I have to see they're just playing in the background but I'm I'm working let me on LinkedIn online on my website whatever I'm doing it's in the background so um, like I said I don't really I, I, I wish I could like I want to read more I hate reading but if it's about business I find enjoyment out of it and like you know you know from like random those people I, I mindlessly like read that stuff yeah um, but I am a visual learner so like just just seeing someone else's energy types me up on the way here I was listening to him hype me up for like you know it, it's just a simple 30 seconds from that from someone that you admire or a mentor like that and it changed your whole day so yeah. I, a lot of these people um i listen to music a lot but like yeah when I, when I get in the, in the car in the morning i don't turn on music i turn on a podcast from like grant or yes. ty or whoever it is that uploaded something that night um even if i, I listen to the freaking eric thomas stuff and yeah and, um like over and over again like the same like four minute clip i just listen to it like it just plays because it, it sets my my, if I have a bad morning, my day is screwed. Mm-hmm. My, you set I, the tone. You better set the tone or the enemy will. Your phone will. Yeah. Something will. When people blow my phone up in the morning, it pisses me off. So I, I put my, I, I, I can't take when – I'm, when I'm working, I'm in like – I'm focused. Uh, if you text me when I'm working, you will not hear from me until the end of the day or until I feel like texting you because I am focused. I may have 12 cars that day. And I may have a customer yelling at me. I may have – I could have so much stuff going on and you're wanting something that's – you know, I, I will get to you at the end of the day, but I wake up in the first hour. If I have any type of interruption in the first hour, it messes my whole. It can last two days. It can it can piss me off for two days. So I wake in the morning and I'm very like calm. But I get in the car and when I get in my car and I go to work, it's like it's go time. I'm focused. I'm ready to like eat the crap out of the day and take care of these things I need to do and and, and you know and just get like I said, it's all about waking up every morning and making it happen and getting the freaking money. There's no way out. There's no way around it. There's no way. So. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I podcasts are so big for me too, man. I yeah. just no second is wasted for me. Yeah. And and for you as well. Uh, I just I listen to multiple hours of podcasts every single day, and 
you know, yeah, I listen to music too, but all music all the time is just too mundane. Much. Yeah. It's too much. I mean, I get I I get sick of it. I know I know actually I was listening to a little bit too much music today before you came over here actually. Yeah. And I was like, damn, <laughs> this is so annoying right, right now. I can't do this. But yeah. that's where podcasts come in handy. It's it's easy learning. It's you you don't really have to it does it for you. It's like a car on autopilot. It's yeah. like those self driving uh, cars that I guess Cadillac and Tesla has <laughs> yeah. now. That yeah, I test drove one of those really? <laughs> <laughs> at Naples in Naples, yeah. Tesla. Yeah, in the water side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, the uh, it's it, podcasts and audiobooks and whatnot. They're like self driving cars, and that you don't really you don't have to do anything. You don't have to read the words. They they yeah. get read to you. They get told to you they just go right into your ears like spoon fed and it's so easy and a lot of people don't really appreciate that you know the amount of people our age brennan that that don't even know like some people don't even know what a podcast is number yeah. one and number two you know everyone's got iphones if you have a if you have a samsung or a droid an android you're like you're like out of the loop or something. Right. Yeah. If you have a but, green, if you have a green text message. Yeah. If you have a green, if you have a green text message, you're just you're you're we, not. Yeah. We can't part text. Of, yeah. We can, we can't be friends. Yeah. So so anyway, the Apple Podcasts app. The amount of people that don't even know what that app is, and it comes pre-installed on their phone, yeah. is astonishing. I would say ninety percent. I agree. 90%. Same with the book, the audiobook <laughs> thing. People don't know it's on. It just gets shoved into that folder and then whenever it clicks on it. Yeah. And I, uh, some of the like greatest gems, I, I, you know, one little tiny gem I can get out of an audiobook or a podcast can mean 100% of everything. Uh-huh. And people don't know, like you're saying, this just gets shoved back there. Yep. Dude, this is a beautiful, uh, some beautiful sun rays that are coming it in is. here right now. This is, this is gorgeous. <laughs> I'm meditating on this, really appreciating it. But I want to talk about now your your business, your current business, yeah. your your detailing, your car detailing business, and the power of a subscription service and your whole marketing strategy and whatnot. I got a, I read this to you at dinner yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and this is so when you were first starting out with detailing, that you I, I guess it was. So in August of 2017, you were a. Did you had you just graduated? Um, I think I was about to because I was either I was either graduated or I was about to. Okay, I, was, I think I was a graduate. Yeah, I was graduated by then. So you sent me a message on LinkedIn and said, "Hey Jordan, real quick before you click off this message, I wanted to let you know I'm doing thirty dollar washes. The norm is fifty dollars." Inside and out to get my foot in the door with people like you and build new business relationships. Exclamation point. Okay. I'm an 18-year-old entrepreneur and own a mobile detailing company, detailer of Detailers of Naples. Give me a text or call at this number. Wanted to get you on my schedule for September. Exclamation point. And you said you worked on that message for like a year. At least. How was that something from Grant? Now, okay, wait. Now the sun rays that are coming in here. We're watching a beautiful sunset. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this is in, this is awesome. <laughs> this is what life is, man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but you worked on that message for a long time. Was that something from Grant Cardone? And or, or like, um, what, what was the inspiration in that message? Because 
the result of it was, yeah, I ignored you for a month and I didn't respond to you. But as soon as I needed a detail, uh, a detail, which by the way, I didn't tell you the backstory to that. I needed this card detailed. I was actually drugged at a bar. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was drugged with, I got drug tested. I got, someone slipped me benzos. So a roofie, right? Yeah. And so I, so apparently, I don't remember anything, but apparently I threw, over, threw up over all over that car. And you, and you had to clean that up a year and a half ago. I don't know if you remember or how gross it was. I don't know. And uh, I have no recollection because, you know, you suffer from amnesia with, with benzos and whatnot. Um, but that was the job. When, so when that happened, I was like, and, and the guy wanted me to de- get his car detailed for him. I was like, oh, yeah, that guy on LinkedIn sent me that message. I'm going to. And so I hit you up yep. a month or a month and a half later after I had ignored you. And you got money from my wallet to yours. And now I think you charge a lot more, too. Yeah. 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 yeah so basically uh, that message was um, inspired by, I guess you could say it was inspired by Grant Card. Um, basically, well, I had my cold call script down by that time. Um, so the, the, the key words in there were, were drafted from a cold call script for you to take action and, and just little things. Like I know I was telling you at the, the dinner about the why I picked $30. Um, so I picked $30 because, you know, if someone, let's say you go to someone's house and I'm doing the job there, most people are going to, they're not going to have. Thirty dollars exactly. I love this. They're 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 gonna have forty, sixty, whatever. They they might have hundred. They might have a hundred dollar bill. They might have no change because I certainly don't have no change. So uh, I picked thirty for that exact reason, knowing that ninety percent of the time I'm gonna get forty at least because the people that I say thirty, it's not even. So when you go to ATM, they get only twenty. You can't get thirty bucks. You can only get you only get thirty or forty. And so that was a specific thing that um, people don't pick. up. I mean, it's literally that that something as simple as that can make you so much money, like so much more, like. Um, a lot of my money today still is made off tips. Like I get people that tip me two, three hundred dollars a month, like tips. Like not even that's not even like part of my services. And um, but yeah, so that message was was drafted for so long, and I would uh, basically just I would wake up in the morning, I go to Starbucks, I go set up Starbucks, and I would I basically came up with my own little words for this thing. It's called like seasoning, but um, mm. I would connect with seasoning. Yeah, so I would I would I would. And this is what I taught at Ty's house. So Ty Lopez flew me out, and this was kind of a brief. We spent like six hours on this, but um, this is what I taught on the course. But um, yeah, you saw the course for Ty. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I would visit this Starbucks for thirty minutes in the morning before I went out to my day, and I would connect with as many people as I could. I would let those people they come back, and ninety nine percent of them will connect back with me. And I would focus every day on a different occupation, so um, or location. If I run out of, if I'm starting to run out of like. Uh, pages here so you know you can do Naples Benita I would do Marco for Mars anywhere I was willing to travel I'd, I would put in and then you can put in doctor you can put anything in the freaking world you google and we're talking we're talking LinkedIn LinkedIn or, yeah, yeah right so right. you can get I mean LinkedIn is pretty much Facebook you can just like on Facebook you can well get, it's Facebook on steroids pretty much for the exact the people on LinkedIn have your money no one on Facebook has your money like Facebook I use very you know minimal now but um, I never used it for the first two years I mean it, it wasn't even in my thought process LinkedIn is all for executives. They're the people that have your money. Those are the people. If I didn't have LinkedIn, I would, I'd probably be in college right now, to be honest. Mm. But, uh, so, I said, Starbucks, I connect all these people, and I let them season, because nowadays especially, but back then, you know, a year and a half ago, um, spam on LinkedIn is huge. So, people would connect with you instantly, send you a message. So you, with you, a link, yeah, and, yeah. Bullshit, a pre-copied right. paste, you know, something they have on Word document, and so... These people would connect with you, and I get them to this day. I got one yesterday, and 
they connect with you and literally seconds after you accept or even in their connect message, they send you some pre-made thing trying to get you to sell you insurance or whatever it might be. So I let these people season, as I called it, for a couple of days. I let I post every single day. Now I post two times a day. Sometimes I try to because I'm getting so busy now. But I basically have turned LinkedIn, what I was doing back then, I was turning LinkedIn into a website and a blog. So I use LinkedIn to this very day, and I did two years ago, more than my website. My website is just solely there for people to say, hey, do you have a website? I'm like, exactly. sure, here you yeah. go. Websites aren't that important. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. I mean, sure, you can. I'm sure. It's, I, a, it's a centerpiece of a brand. Yes. But I agree. Still. There's tons of money that I can, I'm probably missing out on from the website thing, but I'll let the other guy handle that because the other guy is not on LinkedIn. There's no one on my, no one in this city right now that's doing what I'm doing on LinkedIn. So the other guy can have the SEO and pay the $10,000 a month for the SEO and AdWords. That's fine. And it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. I'll, I'll take waiting. the free route, free route on LinkedIn that I still, and back to that message, I still have people message me back from a message from a year ago today. So just wow. like how you're saying, I still, because what I, what I figured out and I didn't know at the time, but knowing what I know now, I was jamming that message into your brain. So just like how you did, you saw that message, you probably saw a few posts or whatever, and, but like you said, you ignored me. But anytime, I don't care if it's, when I was young, I started posting on my um, personal pages. You know, if it's my best friend's father, you know, so as soon as someone thinks about, a, you know, there should be no one else, like I failed as a, as a business person if someone else comes to your mind. So if I know you and you, like someone, and you use someone else for someone else coming to your mind, I failed. Everyone that ever has talked to me knows my name, I have people that I was watching another podcast a couple weeks ago with my best buddies Blake, and the lady that was interviewing him, I've never spoke to. I had no idea who she was, but he mentioned something about LinkedIn and me, and she knew who I was just from LinkedIn. <laughs> I had no idea who she was. Never yeah. talked to the lady. Didn't even know, you could ask me name, never know, but she knew exactly who I was because of a message from like the same time period about two years ago, and um, so I would let these people season. I'd go back about four days, let them see my posts, some of the cars I was doing, what I offered. And then I would message them and send them this thing I message you. And that they was, it was completely, I would do, I don't know, maybe 50, 60 a day. And it was a lot of work. But I did it for a year straight every single morning. And I just hammered. It's like a phone. I just hammered and hammered and hammered and hammered. And wow, you know, let's say I sent 100 messages. You were probably one out of the 100 that responded. So I like, think I th- hold on. I think you just changed my life. <laughs> I, so, I'm, I'm not even kidding. We're gonna I, we're gonna talk about this in a second, but continue. Yeah. So like basically, like I used it. You know, it's it's the same thing as a cold call. Like a cold call, you're gonna call a thousand people a day if you can get to a thousand, and maybe get twenty people to answer you. Sure. So LinkedIn was my cold call, and it was more productive than me. I would, a lot of people at the time had their number on LinkedIn, but now they don't for for mm-hmm. the reason that I was using for. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> Thanks, Brittany. Yeah, I'm gonna screw it up for everyone, but uh, but yeah. So the, I would just hammer and this, and literally just like a fishnet. It's literally a fishnet. I would throw a fishnet out there every morning, and I would catch one. And um, that one person would, like I said, these people on here are professionals. They have the money. There's a lot of people that are important that don't have it, but there's also a lot of people that aren't important that know the important person that doesn't have it. So I would get in front of these people. That's why I kind of include that in that message. Like, you know, people like you or a person like you make you know make the person feel like they're special. And uh, I would basically go to that person and I would do their thirty bucks wash, whatever. End up getting some tip, um, and then I would I turn it into a sales cycle. So thirty bucks turn into oh yeah, my husband, wife, girlfriend, whatever, my employee. Um, you know, has a card, can you do this? I said, yeah, and I, matter of fact, I'll honor the same promotion I gave you for, you know, I'll, I'll do it for 30 bucks. So 
So then your 30 bucks turns into 60. So then when you're on your second car or on your first car and you haven't figured out, and you know, let's say you only have one car and you can't do a second car, I used to point out things that would be can only be fixed with details. So roughness on paint, scratches, uh, carpet stains, anything you can think of that is not, you know, with the $30 wash, I was doing a basic, it was, uh, I spent an hour doing the inside and out. I was still making 30 bucks an hour, so it was still a good hustle. But the problem was I was going back and forth to 10,000 people a day, it wasn't, it wasn't profitable. So you couldn't run that model today doing, you know, if you did 15 people for 30 bucks, it, yeah, you're bringing like, money every day but you're not profitable you're running back and forth unless it's stationed you know yeah, in one spot exactly so um basically i would say hey you know i noticed your paint's a little rough you know um, basically what we do with the clay bars we you know on a full detail which costs at the time i was charging 100 like 20 bucks maybe um and like oh yeah yeah i've been i've been wondering what that was you know i couldn't i would take it to the car wash and i'm like yeah you know the car wash doesn't take it off it's only can come off with a clay bar it's contaminants on the paint that the naked eye can't see that comes from the sky fallout iron Da, 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 da. And be like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So then I'd be like, yeah, let me, you know, how about you get your car dirty first for a, a week or whatever, we'll get you on a schedule. So I would get them on the schedule. So now all of a sudden, your $30 LinkedIn that you sent out, well, you got one car, two car. Let's say you got two cars, went from 60, now you got 120. Now you got $200 pretty much. From, per like two for weeks? One, or? Within like a week, yeah, pretty much. Because basically what happened was I would go in and do this $30 promotion and point out something, and they'd be like, oh yeah, well, I want that fixed like immediately. And I was scheduling for like, you know, that week or the next week because I would be like, hey, let's get your car dirty first so they can read. I want them to have value out of it. Um, well, then you get them on a subscription. Right. So this is where I started figuring out, okay, screw that. I got to start figuring out how to get the subscription. I, I, before, hold that thought. Before, like, I don't want people to think you're, like, manipulative and whatnot. Like, you, no. like, I know, I know, Sales. but some people that are listening might not, might not know the work that you do, but you do miracle work on cars and it's worth every single penny cars Can, cars are um so as i tell people this every day i've i work i do jobs that are fifteen hundred dollars that on they could be on toyota or they could be i do cars i have cars in my weekly uh program that are half a million a million dollars doesn't matter cars are usually your second most expensive item that you'll ever buy most people unless you have a plane or whatever <laughs> but most people have their house and they have their car or cars I have people that have six, seven cars down here that they don't ever drive. So your cars are one of your most valuable, not good investments. They can be, but they're treated as investments. So my job is to protect those investments. So there was no, you know, there's no manipulate. The, the, the people in the car world are uneducated with the swirls and spider webbing, as they called it. The people just run their cars through the car wash. They, your, your paint is not supposed to, you know, you look, you're at a traffic light, you look to your left and right, every single car around you has a swirl. Your paint is supposed to be flawless. You're supposed to like it's supposed to be like a TV. It's supposed to like you're supposed to like look at it and, and, and see a mirror. And there's no way around that besides from birth, unless you know how to maintain your car and are like a professional is maintaining it, um, treating it the way it's supposed to be treated until you know it stops working or whatever you sell it. So that's what I was doing with these people. So I was going from the thirty dollars, get into a detail, and then um, you know the people would be so blown away with the detail. It's like a brand new car. I'd have people that were wanting to sell a car and I would detail it and they'd be like, oh man, I don't know if I want to sell anymore. Like it's like, I didn't know I, I could get that off that door. I didn't know I could get that, you know, I didn't know you could do that. I'm like, yeah, yeah you know, it's part of the detail. Making people fall back in love. Yeah. Man. So, so basically I took the car and I was like, hey, you know, this is as clean as it's ever going to get. I'm sure, you know, you want to, you know, it's just an investment. So I want you, you know, if you want to keep this like this every week, every two weeks or once a month, you know, I have this or that. So basically I created a weekly, a bi-weekly and a monthly, which I still have to this day. 
everything's changing between them between two years and now actually my my first guy I ever got on one is still my client today. So the first guy I door knocked at Pelican Marsh, um, a big house, one of my biggest mistakes was knocking on the houses that looked like they had nice cars in it. I, I started out only knocking on big mansions. Um, you know, you, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. You gotta, mm. I, I slowly realized after a few that uh, it's always, it would be, always be the houses that I would never guess had the Ferraris or, or whatever. Really? The people would have the nicest cars, better than the cars in the big mansions, because those are the people that were mm. conservative-ish or whatever, and uh, those are the people that always took care of me. Were the people that obviously I have a lot of clients that take care of me in big nice houses, but like those people were the most genuine people because they didn't have you know the, going back to the confidence thing. Those people had a basic house, but you open up the garage and there's two million dollars in Ferraris in the garage, and um, they you know they they were one of my those people were my best clients to this day. So. This guy door knocked big house in Pelican Marsh, um, had like three cars at the time, and he had some scratches on the brand new Jeep he just bought, and he took it through the mountains in like Colorado or something. And he said, "Yeah, I'm. I'm a, I was actually just looking the other day for someone to take these scratches out. I had no idea what I was doing. I was 17, mm. have some beginner polisher that I put wax on with. I had no idea how to polish a car. I'm like, yeah, sure, like I'll, I, I can do that. Yeah, yeah. so." I uh, come back a couple days later, couldn't get the, the scratch out, obviously. Mm -hmm. Guy likes me, though, and signs up all... I, I was charging 500 bucks for a car for three months at the time. So I was charging people 500 bucks for one car, and they prepaid for three months. The most At the time, I thought I was, I was balling. I thought it was the best <laughs> thing ever. But... You know, as I grew into a business, that's like the worst thing ever because oh, yeah. uh, you know, you're working for my, within the first two weeks, that money's gone. So, you know, the next two months, you're working for free practically. And um, so, that guy's still with me today. We made out his house on Tuesday, and he is one of my most profitable customers. He, he, he pays me an insane amount of money, and uh, he's run with me from that start. I changed the prices a hundred times in between, and now people pay every four weeks, or every, they either do a weekly, bi weekly, or once a month, full detail. And um, each car, every car you add, it gets it gets like cheaper per car. So it's an it's an incentive for people to add their ten cars. They have ten cars. I have people from the I've met the Jacksonville Jaguars owner, John Deere executives. Like I said, John. I mean, every CEO in Naples, on Fifth Avenue, you go down. I, I literally I have their phone number. Blake Crawford, the Crawford Landscape, uh, Naples Florida. I mean, these these people that run the world, I have met from LinkedIn, and um, there's no one else. And, and all these detailers here, you know, that they're. Um, there's a few that are that are qualified and that are good that I would. Everyone hates each other here. I, I'm all about. I've heard the Gary V saying about building the biggest building um, while helping others. And I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to like hurt. You know. I hope these other people are successful with theirs. But uh, there's so much competition and hate from these other guys. It's. it's I literally. It's hilarious. And um, I, I don't mind those guys any attention. And they're probably listening to this right now because they they stalk my pages. But uh, that's another story. And. Um, <laughs> But there's no one like these other detailers, you know, there's just no one that you'll never hear from again. I treat my business like it's a $10 million company. I treat my business like I make a million dollars a day. I'm walking in my suit and my 2,000 employees, and that is where I'm at today. The people I have, the clients I have, are only because of that reason. The clients I have would never be clients with me if I act like a normal detailer, where I never followed up with them. I never, I have softwares and I have Softwares that big multi-million dollar companies have that I put customers in, CRM softwares, like follow-up software. I mean, everything you can think of, I use. But I'm just a detailing company, though, right? So, like, most of these people would never think about spending money on those things, but I'm 
there's just no one else doing it. There's no way around it. There's no other way to say it. No one else is doing it. And uh, that's why I have the clients I have. And um, there's a few people in, there's a lot of obviously wealthy people in Naples that are just random people that are wealthy, but the people that are important that, are, that everyone knows that have made a difference here, that have the big offices that yeah. you can say their last name, they know they're my client. And that's solely from LinkedIn and the way I operate every single freaking day. Yep. You know, I always say you're either the best or you're the cheapest. And the way it sounds to me, the way you construct your brand, yes. it, you, you get away with, being, with charging a premium price. Right. And something I learned early on from one of my mentors, celebrity trainer Steve Jordan, who's been on the podcast many times, he charges $200 per hour as a personal trainer. And he's got, he's booked full, like he's too booked at $200 an hour. And he gets away with charging $200 an hour because every little thing, he, he's not just a trainer, he's a trainer extraordinaire. Everything down to the water, the F F Fiji water only. Yeah. Granted, granted his clients, he, he, you know, right. his clients are Fiji water. He goes to their house multiple yeah. times per week and they got all these uh, yeah. He's got they, they got a whole house of staff working for him. It's right. pretty cool, uh, but everything uh, constructing a brand like that is really important. Man. Yeah, yeah. So uh, touch on that is um, so this is where I kind of find my, my this is why I get fired up about the the, the other people's in their brands here because um, I'm 19 and I've I'm the only I'm I'm 100 confident when I say this I'm the only detailing company in, in Southwest Florida that has used social media, right? You look at my Instagram, you look at anywhere, I'm outperforming everyone on my pictures, the type of quality picture I post. Dude, the, the quality's ridiculous. The way I post them. I post them particular in it's three columns. Like, I'm not just throwing them up there. I'm posting them at a certain time of the day. I used a certain, like, everything is down to the T. And, and um, going back to what you said is, I've also realized, like, um, there is, you know, there's a detailing company that does better work than me and um, they, they probably make more money. Like, you know, money's not a big factor, but they are probably more successful than me. But, um, and they get to charge more. But something that's very important that those people don't realize is people buy from what they understand. They don't always buy. People don't always want to buy the Like, people may think it's the best service, but if I can sit here and, and make you understand something better than the other person, you're going to buy from me. So if you understand my product, product and what I offer and what I do, you're going to buy from me. Yeah. You're going to think I'm the best. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter if I am, if I'm the worst. Like, just like how I got the guy the first time. I, I was somehow, whatever I did, I said something. He understood me better. and better. He knew I wasn't the best. I was some kid. I was 17, 16, whatever. But he felt comfortable enough with me. Like I, I made him, I, I made him a, yeah, an obsession, which is something I fall so big in today. My customers are obsessed with me. I, I, I literally have it written in my room called Customer Obsession because that's, um, I built from today as I've kind of have a more serious business, I focus 100% on this one word, is customer obsession. I post about it on LinkedIn, I post it on Instagram. People hear me say about it all the time because I solely run off customer obsession. My big, one of my bigger clients, the CEO of uh, Naples Flooring right on Fifth Avenue, he's got Lambos, two Lambos, Maseratis, I mean anything you think of. My best clients, something as simple, his last guy he used, he didn't like, he, uh, something as simple as this, so my subscription services are a subscription for one reason. These people are CEOs, are hugely successful CEOs, they're busy. They're not there every time. Everything I do is online. So I don't, I accept cash obviously, but 90% of my transactions are online and through a, online like a cloud. Yep. And um, 
So the guy that he was using before made him pay him every single time he, was, he washed his car. So he was coming every week and he was doing three cars a week. So he was having to be there and write the guy a check three times a week. And he hated that. Here I came along. The wife mm. saw me on LinkedIn over a year ago, saw me in a parking lot six months later, and then two months after that, fired the guy, called me. And um, he was blown away. He's like, what, what, I, don't, I don't have to pay you every time? I'm like, no. Like, uh, So basically how it works is like you, you pay me ahead enough for the whole month, and I can go to your house. So now he has houses all over Naples, and they all have different cars in them. So now he just pays me online and I see him at his office once a week because that's, I go to his office to clean all his cars. But after I leave his office, I go to two other of his houses without him having to be there. I have the garage code, I have his alarm codes, just like with my 40 other clients that I have ever, like I walk in their house, I take their keys off their kitchen counter and I drive their $400,000 Lambo out the garage. And it's something as simple as not having, like I was blown away, I went home that day and thought, I'm like, that, well, like you would think that's common sense. Like why would someone want to have to pay you every week like, yeah. like why, why are these people not doing this? But it all goes back to the customer obsession. That, that customer obsession started as soon as he realized he didn't have to pay me every week. And now the dude, like, I mean, he, we go to dinner. Like, I tell him all my, all my best, like these big CEOs. I mean, I, it's crazy. You, you told me a year ago that I would know these people and I would have these people on my phone. I would probably laugh at you. Like, there's yeah. no way that's not possible. Like, I'm not there yet. But it, it, it's real right now. And it's, and I can text any, literally any CEO you could probably think of, I can text right now that's in Naples. And um, it's just, a, it's an amazing feeling. It's an amazing feeling going to a stoplight and seeing a Crawford or a Stallman landscape. Like everywhere I go, I see some part of my business mm -hmm. because um, whether it be cars I've done, companies, like I, I just see it everywhere. And it's it's crazy. And I'm just a one-man operation pretty much right now. I have employees. But, uh, you know, next year, 2019, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to punch these people in the face when it comes. I'm, I'm getting ready to blow this thing to the roof like a real company where it's oh, making yeah. some, some money. And um, people, I don't think people are ready for yeah, it. You're, I mean, you're already making money, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, I got, like I said earlier about the call thing, I got 10 years on these guys. Yeah. These guys are 30, 40 years old. They're done. They're, I've been doing it for a year straight. My body hurts. I'm 19. That's a lot. Mm. These guys are done. These guys have been doing it for years. And uh, going back to one of my bigger competitors, he, he, he has talent, but his character isn't there. So uh, I will beat him in, the, in that race. 100% because you can have talent all you want and you can be better than me but his character like he you know he's the guy the guy that posts stuff on Instagram um, clearly pointing out who he's targeting like downgrading them or talking smack and uh, no one's gonna buy from you when they understand that like um, if you if your character is not there if you're if you're not mature enough to be a business owner if you're on Instagram putting stories out about other companies you'll never make it you may think you're making it at a time because you're bringing some nice cars and whatever, but I will beat you in the long run 100% because my people are obsessed with me. Yeah. So um, that's a big part of my, my, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of careers that people are successful, but their character is just not right and they won't make it. So, yeah, man, I think, I think part of the reason too, people are obsessed with you is because you're not, I always say neutrality is my enemy. You are not afraid to go over that line, you say it like it is, yeah. you you can hear it in your voice, everything you say and do, it, it's just honest expression. And right. I mean, when you're neutral, nobody's talking about you. The, the universal right. response to someone who stays neutral, who just says everything to, to make everyone like them is, eh, whatever. You know, nobody, and nobody's talking about you and you're not making money. 
But you, you say what you feel. You are, you, you are, you have these strong opinions, and you might turn some people off, and you probably of do. I turn a lot of people off, yeah, and I love it. But you turn a lot of people on, and people are talking about you, Brennan, yeah. be, and because you're not afraid to walk that line, and so that plays into it as well. Now, what I want to really talk about here, what I want to ask is, how can someone with nothing coming in make one thousand dollars this week? Doing detailing. Doing something. I mean, there's there's so many ways. Um. So I would probably get the mind. Most of these people are probably trying to get the short term. You got to change your mind. Um, the first thing is your mind. You got to realize to make a thousand, even as a, a dollar, you got to get out of the short term success thing. So uh, you want to make a thousand. You can make a thousand dollars in one day, but it might take you six days to make that. And on the seventh day, sure. you have to make a thousand dollars. But it's really there's just. You got to go out there and just make it work. You can't be afraid. You can't be afraid to talk to people. And everyone, strangers have your money. So if you're growing up and you have nothing and you were taught, you know, just like how I was, I was shy and I couldn't talk to people. And you were growing up and your parents always told you, you know, don't talk to strangers. Don't do this. Da, 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 da. Strangers have every single thing you want. They got your money. Mm. They got the cars you want. They got the houses you want. You're driving down the street. You see the guy at the restaurant with the, the hot wife. You want that. Strangers have everything you want. Why Why would you not want to talk to them? Because they have the answers and they, you want to be a sponge and soak up everything. So, oh, bro, I love that. That's my thing. Yes. yes. So like sponge. I, touching on the $1,000 thing, so I basically had to, I was grateful enough to get the mindset out of the way early, like probably because of the sneaker stuff and the early business, but too many of these kids, you know, most of these kids today, if you say go make a thousand dollars, they wouldn't even understand, they, they wouldn't even know where to begin because, mm-hmm. um, these people would go, you know, you would go to, let's say you knew someone and you'd go to make, hey, like you just start asking for money. So something I realized as I started getting high profile clients that were more like my buddies, um, asking them for things and, or like advice is you you can't go to them and just, you know, everything is a transaction. So like my dad, I, I learned this from my dad. It's a uh, good thing I, I tell people all the time. It's relationships are like a bank account. So if you want to make a thousand dollars, go out and make a great relationship with someone. You can make a thousand dollars with one guy. You just got to make a great relationship with that guy. And it could take you, you could do it in a day. Relationships build businesses. So besides going out and making it happen every freaking day and working your ass off to make a thousand bucks is really the people that you know, like the people that you meet or know. Um, so basically in a relationship, you have deposits, you have withdrawals. So you can have some withdrawals, but that bank account better be big enough and have a lot of commas and zeros to have those withdrawals. As soon as that bank account starts getting, getting low and getting low and negative, your relationship's screwed. It's done. So throughout, if you have a relationship with someone for, <clears throat> for five years, you're going to be one of making deposit, having deposit, 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 customer obsession, deposit, doing, uh, to have those days where you have the withdrawals. That's all right because you have more money in the bank account. But these kids nowadays, and, and not just saying kids, but even adults like that aren't educated enough in, in this um, relationships, um, you can't go to someone. These people have 60,000 other people asking them for money, help, doing this. They're like, you know, whatever it might be, you have to create that relationship with someone. Doesn't matter if you're trying to get a thousand, a million, a dollar, 
if money's not even your object, the relationship is the most important thing. I would trade every penny I have away in my bank account right now and keep the relationships I have on my phone because mm-hmm. I know I can just go back to those people and make the money back. I, no, I, don't, I don't care. Take the, like, if you take my, my people away, then I can't make the money again. So going back to 1000 bucks is like I would go and just make it happen every day, but I would just try to find like, – I mean it's not hard to get a good relationship with someone in a week. Like go out and tr- walk into a CEO's office, walk into a, a big lawyer office here in Naples. You know, demand that you want to like. Don't be afraid to demand what you want. Like, demand to see the dude, demand to see whoever. You know, I came here today with a mission to see. I want to introduce myself. You know, I'm doing this and that. I have this speaking company or whatever. Um, it, you cannot just sit back and let and think someone's going to come and give it to you, and, um, and and give you a handout or no one else. You have to go out there every day, and that's basically like. Like I was saying, besides the money, it's relationships. Because if I had no relationships, I'd have no money. Mm-hmm. So forget the money. I want to keep my relationships because I can go out there and just repeat what I know. You can have all that. If I, if you take the relationships from me, I can't make the money. Yeah, man. So if I had a week, I would probably be more focused on making a relationship for that next week than mm. making a thousand bucks. Because that next week, the customer is probably going to be with me again. And not just that one-time customer like I was telling you before. That's what's wrong with all these other detailing companies is they're just looking for that one-time transaction. I'm looking for the like no transaction for six months and that's month 12, I'm looking for like the $10,000 transaction. So I'll take working for free for six months and getting the big bonus at the end of the year from anyone. Mm-hmm. I'll take it all day long. These people and everyone else and all these adults are just looking for the one time, I need my 100 bucks right now, that's it. You take your 100 bucks, I'm gonna take my 100,000 in two years. Yeah, so. I, I always admire someone who plays the long game yes. like you. Yeah. Now, my big question here, and the reason why I said you may have changed my life is I, so I create websites and I use WordPress and, you know, going back to my philosophy of, you know, you're the best or the cheapest. I'm the best. I know I'm the best. I don't know how much of my work that you've seen, but it's pretty evident, not just to me, but to everyone that sees my websites that I've got it going on. When you combine, you know, just a natural eye for design with, you know, brand knowledge of branding, you know, the know-how with that and skills with WordPress is like the perfect storm. And that's my thing. And I, I'll, you know, I'm the best and I'll make $3,000, $5,000 a pop. And so my question here then is how do I, if I want to make you know, twelve to twenty thousand extra dollars this month. Three to five more clients, or four to four to whatever the math is there. How do I get four more clients this month? You know, how do I get that many more clients this month? It does it go back to the LinkedIn, just the the cold messaging. Um, so if I were you, I would definitely I would I would be pounding LinkedIn like, mm. like heavy, like more than anything you're probably doing. Um, I do it with the podcast. Yeah. No, I see that. I, you yeah. see that. You see that. But then maybe, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but maybe no. on the down low, on the DMs, that's where. Even asking for. So there, uh, a lot of these, a lot of sales guys forget the, the ask. Like, uh, you can still comment and, like, you know, interact with people in a friendly way, but, but ask for a sale at the same time. So, um, you know. If you're pounding LinkedIn, like I see every time I go on LinkedIn, I see you on there, like your comments. Like every time, like it's it's on there. Every single time I go on there. <laughs> well, so, you know what it is, dude. <laughs> you know what it is. I comment on everyone's stuff and I post all this stuff, 
And what I'm doing is I'm I'm like I, I describe it as I'm creating a centrally planned government. Yeah. And I'm and I'm censoring all the other media the best I can and so that you only see Jordan Paris my top, stuff every time. Building rapport with everyone. <laughs> Breeding familiarity yes. with everyone, so yeah. Yeah, so I would <laughs> I would pound LinkedIn like a freaking train, and uh, I would not, you know, just don't don't lead up on that. But really, is um, I'd go back to the basics that you started at. So going with a mindset which is totally, I'm not saying like saying that you're the best. And everything is, is like is like wrong, but like um, as soon as so I had this time last year, uh, or it was actually beginning this year. So I went into January this year thinking I was gonna freaking rock. And I, you know, I was like, I'm the best. I'm, I'm gonna like screw all these guys. And I, I had like, I didn't. It didn't happen how I was gonna, how I thought it was gonna happen. And looking back on it, it's because um, I got too strategic. Like I got too fancy with the way I was doing things. So I thought I was fancy, and I was, I was, you know, flamboyant with the way I got clients. And I was no one doing that. Da, da, da. So I went back and did the basics that I did. I went back to the LinkedIn stuff. I went back to the cold client. I went back to my old clients. Go back to your old clients. Go back and squeeze as much. You will make more money out of your mm. clients, your past clients, than you will 100% trying to go out and get new clients. I still I squeeze money out of clients. I've had, I've, that used me one time two years ago that I probably wasn't the best detail at the time. So um, go back. I mean, literally go through, whether it's your payment software, your cell phone, and just simply text those people that, that you did business with two years ago, even if you had the you designed the worst website with them, they're gonna be able to see that what you do now. I'm like, man, yeah, you know, actually, I have this friend. Um, I need this done, actually, or you know, I know some, they're gonna need something. Everyone needs something. Yeah. And um, but I would I would going back to the basics is a huge thing. So going back to this those two or three things that you did originally, you're like, wow, why did I not do this beforehand? I'm getting so much work from this. You know, some, something simply as walking into a few businesses, literally with a portfolio and be like hey i'm jordan i you know i design websites and just doing that for a day like do it one day a week one thing i'm, I'm implementing literally on january 1st. walking into businesses you're saying yeah really? yeah totally yeah i, I had a social, I not did, cold calling not cold messaging cold like literally walking, walking in. i've done it i've done a hundred times i had a business with uh, one of nice. my, my good buddies named blake and we did a social media company that's the first thing we did we went and we put a, a portfolio together we got a few guys that we we uh, did some work for for free we did some videos for this van company and we went to the Vanderbilt shops and we hit every single store. We walked in in suits and we hit every single store and talked to the people and asked to get to those people, to the person that maybe owned the store, ran the store, the whoever was the decision maker for social media, we found that person. Mm. But something as simple, I mean, that's tough work. Like, don't get me wrong, that, 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 that's going to take some, some... It's going to. Yeah, yeah it's going to suck. And it's going to take you a while, but all you need is one, you know, it could take you a month. You get a client, pay you 20 grand. Yeah, that knows someone. Everyone knows someone. It's but going back to it before I get off track is just the basics, like something that's so simple. Like because you know you're sitting here today thinking, oh, why would I do that? I, I you know, I got kind of like my thing going. I make five thousand dollars a month. I don't need like you know. I'm too like that's how I was. I was like, why would I go back and do door knocking? And I'm making three thousand dollars. I'm like, I'm good. Like, why would I do that? I don't need to do that. Like, I, I'm me. But I went back and did it, and then that's how I got that next person, that next person, and built the building blocks. Um, but same thing with the LinkedIn, like go through, like do something on LinkedIn that you probably, that you, you that you don't do anymore. Like, I don't know, like, like how you were saying, like messaging, like, um, yeah. like, you know, maybe comment on someone's stuff and then message them like, Hey, da, 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 and then let them know. Cause maybe people, um, you know, aren't clicking on, they, they may see your comments and see your stuff, but they're not, you know, they don't know you do that stuff. They, you're not, you know, maybe there's a, there's a transparency. Yeah. I don't talk about any of that on LinkedIn, which is, which is a, 
sad omission. Yeah, so I mean, like, people know me as podcast and twenty-one-year-old author. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can definitely because just because you haven't done it in the you know past doesn't I mean you can't that you could definitely just you know start implementing it tomorrow. But like one thing, oh, I will. one thing I'm doing like I'll say on Jan- in January is um, I'm having one of my employees. We're gonna he's gonna stop work once a, once a week and he's gonna go out. I'm gonna pay him for a full day just to go out and put going back to the basics, putting cards on people's cars and parking lots, going to mailboxes. If we're in a neighborhood, I'm gonna pay him. To go and do put a card in every mailbox. So going back into the basics, I'm gonna. And the goal of that is to eventually, in six months from now, be able to take a full day off and strictly market. So right now I'm so busy I can't even post on LinkedIn. I can't even do these yeah. things that I got that got me here. So I'm taking a sole day off of the week. Right now I'm having someone do it, but January I'm gonna do it and have the guy go out and just. I'm gonna literally pay him all day to put hundreds of cards out because all I need is one guy. If I pay him fifty bucks for two hours or whatever, one job can be a thousand bucks. And then the next guy, I just landed one of the biggest accounts I've got off a referral. We are now having a wash and detail station in the Naples Grand Golf Club, which is brand uh, brand new. It's, it's on Golden Gate Parkway in Livingston. We're gonna be there twice a week. They're just there last week, and we're gonna be uh, back there this coming Thursday for a full day. The people there are big players. The Miami Dolphins owner built it, um, but. I got that account from a referral Some from a guy who lives in Gray Oaks and he's a great, I got that guy from a referral too and it's all a referral and, um, but it's just going back, the, the referral thing is a basic thing, like a word of mouth is a basic, but that's one of my biggest deals I'll, I'll probably land in the, like the next few years is that one account. So now I'm going to take that account and go and multiply it, 10x it into different things. But, um, you know, going back to the basic would have never got me, you know, like, Doing something is something like we're discounting washes there. So like that's something I did on LinkedIn uh, two years ago. Uh, but the the long term game there is I'm going back to the basics. I'm discounting my service at the golf course to get at their home. So I'm getting my foot in the door with them at the golf course. They're seeing my work. Yeah, come to my home. I like to have my car washed at my house every week. The get the money's not in the and not in the golf course. It's the relationships that I'm the people I'm in the golf course to get to their house. So. Um, I would definitely, I, I, I would really just, that'd be the two biggest things I'd focus on. I would pound online like crazy more. Yeah. And there's always more. Like I know, I, I, me and you especially know like we do a lot online, but there's always more you can do online. There's always different things you can put on. Um, and I would just, you know, there will never, the, the relationship of talking to, to a person, a real person will never go away. Mm-hmm. So you go into a store and talking to someone, you know, there's all kinds of website companies that probably send out email marketing, but Ninety nine percent get deleted. Because, yeah, because no, like if you go to someone's face, it doesn't even matter if they were thinking about needing a new website or whatever. Yeah, oh, you yeah. might, you might like doesn't they, they could just see your face and that you say two things, but like, oh man, I, sh- I maybe, maybe I should like I haven't done it in like five years. So just having someone talk to you as a real person rather than an email or whatever can be a completely different. Like I said, I know it's probably gonna suck, but that, you know, going back to basics mm-hmm. and then you can learn from this. Maybe I you know I don't say that word. Or I don't. This person, you know, that person was turned off when I said that word. Or this person was really intrigued when I did this and when I mentioned that I offered this service or what you know, take a week and just fail for a whole week and then realize, you know, you'll t- you'll figure out the, the the quick thirty second pitch that will work mm. and then then go do that. That's what I did and it really. I mean, so now even to this day, like I'm still finding myself going back to take my mind and go back to the basics because you can't get fancy with how you get customers especially now yeah it makes sense i mean i might as well 
use my energy and my communication skills to my advantage here. I, that's, it makes perfect sense. Even, even on LinkedIn, I mean, you know, create a uh, copy and paste message asking. Sort of like yours. Yeah. yeah, Asking, um, you know, even if they are not interested, make sure, make sure that there's something in the message. Like, Hey, if you do know someone, I totally understand you're not interested, but do you know anyone? Like, you know, do you know, or we're off, we have a referral program. If you, you know, uh, whatever, you know, we'll we'll give you a hundred bucks. For a, mm. for a referral, where do you start if you have ten thousand? I have ten thousand connections and then another six thousand follow me. Uh, where do you start if you have if you have like that many? It's it's like an embarrassment of the riches. I don't really know where. So to I would pinpoint. Um, I would probably start if I were your local people. Mm. So okay, be, be only because of this reason because you can grab someone's attention on LinkedIn, message them, create an offer, whatever. And they can come back and interested, and you go meet with them. You're gonna seal the deal being in person. So if you're gonna make, if you're gonna take your ten thousand connections, and that's what you're gonna funnel your clients through, make it the local people that you can go face to face with, or the big ball players that know you on LinkedIn, that you can go show up at their office every day until they answer you, yeah. stuff like that. Because you're not gonna go and do that with people that are far away. You're just like a person online. They're not gonna feel that, like I said, that connect, that relation, that human relationship. Yeah. Um, and you know, sitting down with someone for thirty minutes at lunch, and I mean, it, like I said, you don't have to be the best. Like they're just gonna do it because you communicated well enough, and they know you, they understand you. They're gonna they're gonna sign with you to do a deal. So you don't have to be the you know you don't have to be the biggest website designer in the world. If you can go to lunch with them in, in Mercado and have thirty minutes sit down there and yeah. let them understand you, they're gonna sign on before they yeah. walk out. So that's what I would focus on. Okay, search by Fort Myers and Naples. Yeah, on it. You. Uh... You good on Zevia? You want another one? Yeah, I'm good. I still got some. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So, you do all this stuff and whatnot. You're making a ton of money. You've got everyone, you got people on this subscription service where money comes out on the first of the month or whatever. And... You, you even, I think I even saw you have a girlfriend too. Like you got it going on, man. Yeah, and been dating her for five years. Yeah. Almost five years. That's awesome, yeah. dude. That's awesome. So I want to know then what, what did you give up to become the man you are today? It's a good question. So, um, and there's a lot, that's probably, these answers are probably, I've never told a lot of these people because no one asked me these questions. So, um, <laughs> I gave a lot up for, you know, the, the be where I am today and I like, for sure what I mentioned is I'm not like some know-it-all like I, you know, I don't know everything. I just think I've done a pretty good job. Like I, that's where my, this is my, there's a difference between confidence and cocky. So like this is my confidence coming mm-hmm. out. Um, you know, I believe at 19 I've beat a lot of people to the game. I, you know, I, I feel like I've, I'm wise in my, my decisions all the way to dating the same girl for five years. Like I was mature five years ago. I, you know, I, I don't play games, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like trying to be a real person here. So, um, but I sacrificed everything from, you know, my, I have so many friends that I, I like, I look back and I wish like I could still be friends with them, but I can be friends with them for multiple reasons, but you know, they could be not doing the right thing or, you know, not trying to uplift me in the best way. They get me in the bad choices or like, you know, I had a bunch of friends in my like junior year of high school. I love, I, I had, they're my football buddies and, but they were, you know, Trying to go out and do sell drugs and do all kinds of stuff that was not in my ballgame of like 
hanging out and you know but I had to let all that stuff go I, I missed the you know everyone knew me as the kid that never went to parties the parties I did go to I said you know I never enjoyed the first I was there for an hour talking to everyone that I was bored yeah me too no one and then the last end of high school I, I, I did have like everyone knew who I was and I, you know it was like all good but like no one was like, oh yeah, invite you know, invite Brent. I was known as a kid that was just too mature to go to parties. Like I don't do that, or people would just automatically like, basically got to the point where people just stopped asking to hang out with me or talk to me because they just assumed I was too busy. And this still happens today. Some of my mm-hmm. best friends do it, and um, just and I and, you know I don't I don't uh, like hate them for that. I just don't think they understand. Like you know, no one understands unless you're out there every day. Like when you come, like you know you come home, you're tired, like, you just you can't move. Like you just. You're doing every. I work every single day. I have a day like last month. I had two days off. When you have two days off in a month, and you work every single day, sunrise to sunset, and everything in between. There's no time for it. There's no time for sitting and playing PlayStation at your buddy's house. It just doesn't happen. So um, I gave a lot of friends. My best friends that still with me. Our relationship has been hurt. Um, my parents. I've given up a lot. I moved out, so I live on my own. I'm 19. Um, that's part of my like maturity in me. It's just me wanting to be like freedom like having free like you know I don't I had no problem living with my parents but that was just the next step on my book to get out to be my own person was to move out and take that you know that accountability to live on my own um so my my relationship with my parent both my parents especially my mom has been hurt um you know stepping out because I have to do these things and I don't see them at all I don't see my parents a lot because I'm out every same thing with my friends it's the same concept so um, you know, just so I can make sure they're taken care of and, t- you know, later on down life, you know, they're going to realize like, you know, what I was doing and my friends will realize what I was doing and why I had to do that, why I was never there for those, you know, parties or this, whatever it might be. Um, I mean, there was a, there's a lot, those are probably the most impactful to me because it, it, it still like kind of lurks me to this day. It's like just that, that my friends are really important to me. So like, I always want to like, you know, what I do every day is so I can take my friends to like California and like pack them on a plane and go yeah. wherever you want. Like that's what I want to do. Like I'm a people person. So yeah. like when, I, when my people start getting like not understanding stuff, it, it messes with me. So that, that was probably the, the people and like my, my parents are probably the biggest like sacrifice that affects me. Um, but just like, you know, just like having, sometimes I wish like having, I don't regret the road I took of like the business, but like, you know, I'll never have like a, like I can't look back on my like last five years and been like, and uh, you can grab a kid off the street from FGC here and be like, you know, tell me some of your craziest experiences from like five years. Like, and they'll tell you some wicked stuff that, that they've probably done. But like, I can't, I can't even like, you know, I've been out a few times. Like, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I never had that like teenage life. I worked. So and I don't regret it. Like, I'm not saying I, I regret working every single day because I have a purpose. But, um, you know, that's, you know, I'll never be able to look back on like a college, like we were saying earlier, a college career, like, you know, remember those crazy nights or those type of things with my friends um so i sacrificed a lot of that for you know be able to live on my own and my you know my do the stuff i do every day now that people look at me and like man how is this possible but they just can't make the connection that that's why this is all possible hmm. so and it's simple and then back where we were saying in the beginning of the podcast like it's not hard to give up some of those things to get the best things and and these the younger generation especially is just they just think it's too you know you you cannot smoke weed every day. You cannot get drunk every day. You have to go out and start, especially right now, if you're 20 years old, 21, you have to think about what you're going to do. You cannot be sitting back and taking a vacation because your mom wants you to go to college. It's just, you're, you're wrecking your life. Yep. So. You have a lot of freedom. Is there anything still holding you back? <laughs> um, really? 
I I'm never satisfied myself. So that would probably be the only thing I could say. Um, so like I I wake up sometimes and I'm like man like what am I like I'm not doing enough or like um my like my heart says like why did I why don't I just take that extra job or like why like why am I not going to the gym tonight like whatever it might be um you know where I see myself in like five years I want to have a big you know I want I want I'm the office guy I, I want to have an office I want to have employees I want to walk into my you know, have a big multiple businesses and corporations and yeah. stuff. Um, and like, so like right now I'm trying to get out of the rut of just being there like every day and just like in the grit, like right now I'm in the grit and the grind of every day and I'm trying to figure out the space in between. And, um, so like, I, I, I just feel like I'm not ever doing enough when everyone else around me is telling me like, you know, you need, you need to slow down. Like the doctors are telling me to slow down. Like I'm having pain in my back and like, you know, you need to stop doing this, take a vacation. I'm like, I'm just not doing enough. And I go out and the next day I do more. And, um, so really it's myself almost in a way that I feel like. I just think I'm always constantly overworking myself, um, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah. But sometimes I need to come back like next year, I'm going to be um, more specified on my days off and going to like weekend trips to Miami. It's stuff that just relax me because um, yeah. I've, you cannot do like, you cannot do every single day for like two years straight. Like it's just not possible. Mm-hmm. You, you will run yourself into the ground. Um, especially at, like, even 19 people think that you have a ton of energy, but it, 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 when you're doing, when you're doing laborious work every day in the heat, especially in the Florida yeah. heat, I mean, it's brutal. There's no, it, it sucks. So, um, next year I'm going to be taking my time and, and, uh, just having time to myself also helps me come up with new ideas and, and think about how oh, I can do stuff differently and stuff like, like I was saying on LinkedIn, like I don't even have time to do LinkedIn. I don't even have time to sit back and think about what I can do differently because I'm always got stuff to do. So um, next year, that's going to be one of my big priorities is taking time away to see my friends or see my family and go on, you know, a day or two trip to relax my mind and think about stuff and then go, you know, hammer out the week and stuff like that. Mm. So what's the next big business move for you? Next big business move. Um, I don't got one in my, like a specific one. Um, it will be, I can tell you hundred percent, it'll be with the people and the relationships I've built through the detailing. Um, the guy I've, I have a handful of guys that have already offered me capital and, and offerings for whatever I do next. They don't even know, they don't even care what I do next. They already wanted, they literally brought me to their office and said, you know, I want to be a part of whatever's next. Like, I, I know you, it's just going to work. Um, they've offered, you know, they've gave me the money talk. Um, so I'm kind of just being patient right now. I'm learning, I'm very impatient, so it's hard. Like I said, I, I feel like I'm running out of time. So I'm 19 years old, but I feel like uh, I feel like I'm 50, and I have, I'm running out of time. I need everything now. <laughs> so going back to maybe something that's holding me back is my patience level. Mm. Um, I'm trying to realize that I've done a lot at 19, and I need to use that as long as I can, in a way, and uh, not rush into something that's not a good business move or, or blow my money on a bad investment, and just be patient for the right time, the right idea, um, you know, whatever it be, is just to take my time with it because. I'm not gonna, you know, I don't need it right now. I don't, I've had people tell me all the time I've tried to get like cars and stuff and I've, I've had to trade my mind out of, you know, a lot of people get all this money and they blow it and they go broke. So I'm trying to get my mind out of that situation because basically I'm stacking everything I got for that one idea, whatever that idea is. So I have everything stacking, whether it be tomorrow or two years from now, I got, I'm dumping everything into it. So I'm going, you know, I'm fully committing to whatever that idea is, whatever that person is, the investment, whatever. Um, so, I'm, so one of my biggest difficulties was early on trying to get away from like buying the, 
the Louis Vuitton belts and buying the Corvettes and buying like this the stupid stuff that you don't need when you're 19. You know, you got plenty of time. I've had to realize, you know, Brandon, you got plenty of time to get that that stuff when you're 30, you know, 25, 30, or when it's more meaningful. You're like, I don't deserve those things yet. You don't, you don't deserve the. I don't deserve to have those things. So, um, the next business move isn't specific, but it'll be with those people I've met through the detailing, <clears> and, and hopefully be pretty good. So. Mm-hmm. Do you have any, so, yeah, Joe, so, I almost forgot about this actually too, what was the, what were you teaching at Ty Lopez's house the other week? Yeah, so. You were teaching a course, right? Yeah. Dude, the pictures were incredible, it was really, it was you like with a big camera and everything and you like writing on this board, it was yeah. really cool man. Yeah, so I actually had a buddy. In and how did that come about again? So um, he had an application, I don't know, about six months ago and I filled it out, so he had a bunch of careers like detailing, um, cooking, chef, stuff like that. So he has this company called um, like Socials, I forget the name of it, like Mentor Box and stuff like that. So yeah. Basically. So um, it's a subscription company. Basically, the point is you log on there, and there's all these careers, and you can basically learn how to make six figures a year off these these videos, like you know, from these people teaching you. So I filled out the application. I'm like, it took like four minutes. Never thought anything obviously about like obviously I'm not gonna get picked. Like five <laughs> months goes down the line, I get a phone call one night, like literally I get this time of night, and uh, didn't answer it. It was an LA number. And the guy leaves me a voicemail, and it was it was the Alex guy that runs this whole his whole production team and um he's like yeah we we got your application for um you know teaching detailing da, da, da. and uh, if you can send in like um narrow it down to like five people if you can send in like a video about yourself um you know me and Ty are gonna look over it and we'll, we'll let you know if you get picked i'm like heck yeah so i sent in a video um i just take it in my kitchen on my phone uh, basically it was like a two minute video explaining what i was going to teach so i was going to teach about the linkedin and relationship building with like the no money um, thing and you know be able to build a business with no money and um so i sent the video and about four days later the guy sent me a text says you guys you know you got picked and i was like no way so I, I was flipping out so they said we're gonna pay for your hotel pay for your flight when would you like to come they sent me some dates and it was like two days from then well my schedule was packed Mm. So I was like, and they they, they they wanted to do, um, so they had to clear all my financials. They wanted to be, you know, like to get in this place was not like I just got picked. They ha- I had to have an accountant sign off on my bank statements that I made over six figures a year just for them to buy my tickets because they wanted like real players there. So uh, I had an accountant look through the same day, look through all my accounts, all my banking statements, sign a paper, send it to the Ty Lopez headquarters. They read it, bought my ticket. I cleared out my schedule. Worked that morning. I think I left on like a Tuesday or Monday. Worked that morning until about 11. Came home real quick. Got to the airport. Flew from uh, Fort Myers to Houston. Houston to LA. Didn't get to my hotel. I have a buddy out there who is actually from Naples. He's going to play football in LA. And um, didn't get to my hotel about 3 a.m. LA time, which is about 6 a.m. Florida time because they're three hours behind us. So then the next morning was film day. We go in there at two o'clock, film. Um, they were, I basically asked before, I was like, hey, like, I know I'm sure a lot of you guys asked if Ty's gonna be there, da da da. Like, you know, he just got, yeah, like people asked, um, we're not, we, you know, we can't promise he's gonna be there. He just got back from Virginia the night before. Um, he has a strict travel schedule, da da da. I'm like, okay, cool. So we walk in the door and he's sitting there. <laughs> as soon as we walk in, I was the first thing, you know, they come get us from the gate to gate. It's all you can't see in the house. And 
they walk in the door and he's sitting in the pool eating it by himself. And um, so we got a grand tour. I brought my, they let my buddy come in with me. So that's who was taking the pictures. And um, mm-hmm. we got the grand tour of the house, met everyone from, the, you know, everyone you see on Instagram. It was, it was a life changing. It was um, one of the most, if not the most life changing experiences I've experienced in my adult business life. Awesome. Um, I was there for six, five, six hours and it really gave me just the whole trip really. Like I've never been to LA. So, um, I was actually speaking it into existence in a way. So two weeks before that I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, I, know, I really want to go to LA before the end of the year. Like, I just want to see it. And then that happened. And, um, so it was really special for me just to go there, let alone go there for what I was doing, the teaching the course on how to make six figures a year detailing with no money. And then the whole experience at his house, meeting him, we met him, and we walked, we sat down when he did a live course on Facebook. It changed my whole life. Like it, it realized, it made me realize how small, um, you know, Naples and in, in Florida is great, and there's an extreme amount of wealth here. There's no place I'd rather, rather be doing detailing, but um, it made me realize how small this place makes you like how small I was thinking. This whole time, thinking small, you go to LA and you're like, dude, like these people here are broke. Like, you go to L.A. and you see, like, some of the stuff, and you're like, these Naples got broke. Like, it just puts your whole mind in a different wow. perspective yeah. of what's possible, what, like, like the stores. Like, L.A. is fun. You got to have money to have fun there. Like, the stores there, when you go walk down ready to drive, I mean, you're talking, there's watches and jewelry that's, like, a million, two million dollars just sitting in the window. And I'm like, like, it just made me realize, like, how hard, I got to come home and work my ass off. I, I got to go, like, I'm, I, I've been doing nothing. Like, like that goes back to what I was saying. Like I just think I always do nothing. I literally came home from that trip. I flew all night, so I flew from LA to North Carolina in the middle of the night. North Carolina to Fort Myers at six a.m. Then get into Fort Myers till nine. I got off the plane and went straight to work from the airport. Literally, my I had work clothes in my truck, and I got off the plane and went to work. And I was so jet lagged, I was so tired, I couldn't even think straight. But I went to work because I was that trip. I was there for not even two days. And I just, it made me realize how small I was doing everything. My operation was small. I was nobody. And like, it just put a whole mm-hmm. different outlook on what I got to do to get, to be able to get there, you know, fly my jet to LA to buy those things or do those things. And, um, I, I, am very grateful, like for Ty and his team that gave me the, the opportunity. I mean, it's just, I can't even, t- it's completely life changing. So it was very little. And, um, I was expecting more of a, like a transaction type of relationship, you know, give us your stuff and get out. But. Uh, the team there was like totally intrigued with me, like what I was doing. Um, they weren't faking, you know, like trying to be happy that I was there. Like they were genuinely like trying, like they were asking me questions in between the recordings and stuff. And um, we, we, I was supposed to film there for an hour. I filmed for five hours. Nice. I did, I did ads after that. The CEO of the mentor box came to me and said, we want to film the ads with you. And it was just, I mean... Because they awesome. see you're a really good speaker. and It was awesome. Yeah. So now you can go on... Um, it's on knowledgesociety.com. You can log in there and uh, I think it's like 30 bucks a month, but my course is on there. You can click on it and watch exactly how I make six figures a year pretty much mm. on, on Knowledge Society. Um, so it's pretty pretty cool. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you have do you have any non-negotiables? Like for me, it's you know reading first thing in the morning, reading 10 pages first thing in the morning. It's... You know, working out a couple times per week. It's eating right most of the time. Those are non-negotiables. No, no woman will ever change that for me. Nothing will change that. Nothing will make me stray from that. Those are my non-negotiables. Do you have any non-negotiables? Um, the biggest thing is probably myself. So like, um, I get a lot being a people person and having lots of relationships. You hear a lot of things. So whether it be from friends, mentors, 
uh, parents, you know, whoever. I hear a lot every day. I have a lot of decisions to make, and so there's a lot of people giving me input. So um, what I found is most of the time my gut's right. So when I have a problem, I, I typically, no matter who I go to, what type of problem it is, I typically, my gut instinct is right. Uh, but I always want to fall on another person because I think they know know better than me. And so one of my like biggest things I've always just stuck to is just like you know listen to me, like listen to like myself. Um, obviously, I'm not saying don't take advice from people, but like when it comes to you thinking like your gut telling you like you know don't do that or do this, ninety nine percent of the time you're probably right. Especially if you're you know, if you have some type of experience or you know you're doing you're a few years ahead in your business world or whatever, like you're gonna probably be okay. Even if it fails, you're gonna be okay. So like don't be afraid. The, the like jack something up or don't you know the regret is the biggest thing like I never want to sit back and regret that I didn't do something um, or you know if I, I, I mistaked a problem I don't want to be like 90 you know, when you're 90 like Gary I know Gary V talks about this a lot listen to him like he goes he talks about these older guys and you're 80 or 90 years old and you sit there and regret that you didn't have the business you didn't do, you know talk to that person you didn't ask that girl out or you did, whatever it might be you can't go back. So, like, when I die, like, I want to I want to accomplish everything that I, like, I was here to do. Like, I want to accomplish everything I can. Like, I, one of my biggest fears, if not my biggest fear, is dying. Like, I'm not afraid of, like, dying, dying, but, like, just not being here. So, like, I want to be able to, like, if I could take a pill today and live forever and create, I would. So, like, I, I would, I, I just love creating stuff, businesses, ideas, just relate. I mean, everything. So, um, I just can't imagine, like, one day, like, me not be able to, like, do, you know, do what we're doing here today it's just mind-blowing it makes me mm. so scared like crazy so i just never i just want to build up you know when that time comes like look back and not have a single regret on whether it be business personal friendship you know whatever the case may be that i didn't do something or i didn't take that chance or i didn't do whatever it is i just you know do what if you're listening to this and like you're all, you're like a hell back person you're conservative like you gotta you gotta get out of that because you're like where you're gonna make the difference or make your money or make your like your explosion is going to be out of your comfort zone is something that you're not comfortable with and like just like the door knocking the cold calling stuff that you're not comfortable with that's what's going to change your life completely mm. but you'll regret that you didn't do that if you don't do it forever and then you can't go back mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing yeah i really got to take a lot of action on the things you've told me here today as far as the linkedin messaging i mean it's been so invaluable now where can people connect with you online? They, you've got knowledgesociety.com where they can get your, where, where they really want to take their money-making skills to the right. next level. You know, the course you did with Ty Lopez, they can find that there. Where else can people connect with you before we wrap up? I'm on everywhere. So uh, Instagram, I have the company Instagram, which is Detailers Enables, or my personal Instagram, which is Brennan uh, Seaman. It's Brennan under that Seaman. And then um, Facebook's company Instagram, and then LinkedIn is under my name too. Um, so I'm pretty much everywhere. Twitter, I have a Twitter. Don't use Twitter that much. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah, Twitter's kind of an old, old, old tool. But um, if you Google my name, everything will pop up. Um, but most of, most of the time, you can find me pretty active on Instagram and LinkedIn the most. Mm. Awesome. So, Brennan, before I ask my final question now, I need to – I want to acknowledge you for a second. You are an incredible storyteller. Thank you. You've made my job here today <laughs> incredibly easy. We've been going for over two hours, yeah. and it's been for me so easy. And this has been one of one of my. I've I've had a high precedent of guests on the show, 
um, very well-known guests on the show, and sometimes I bring on the community gem. And that's why I really wanted to bring you on, and you have not disappointed. This is, this is, I'm super excited for people to hear this because this has been, the whole two hours of this has been probably the best, most valuable, I mean, the value that you packed into this, the actionable habits and, and actions that you can take right now that you've included in all of your answers has been incredible. And you've, and, and even if, a lot of the stuff you've said here today is stuff that I haven't heard before. Now, even if it was stuff I've heard before, just the passion that you speak with would be enough to make you, to separate you from the crowd, to make you millions. But yeah, you speak with that passion and it's stuff I haven't heard before. And it's really incredible. So I wanted to acknowledge you and thank, thank you. you for doing this with me today. We're going to do this again another yeah, sure. time. Like this is a, I love it. I mean, life's about relationships. That's what we've been talking about today. Yeah. And I'm so glad I reached out to you or you reached out to me, you know? Yeah. And then I reached out to you a little later. We developed this and we're going to continue developing this, my man. Yep. Yeah, I love it. Right on. So my final question is, what does life beautifully designed look like to you? Because... I would say don't make a living designer life. Yeah, it's been in my Instagram bio for two years. Not because it sounds good, but because it freaking works. Yeah. Life is best best lived by design because, you know, what we were talking about earlier with going with the flow, getting caught up with the current, and eventually you go over the, fall, the waterfall, right? And so the way you, the antidote to that is to design a life. Design your life the way you want it. If you want to be wealthy, you make a wealth plan. If you want a prosperous business, you go make a business plan. If you want to, if you want to be happy, you go make a plan to be happy. Life is about making plans, and and you got to design those plans. What does your life beautifully designed look like? So definitely, as I'm sure you can figure out from this this uh, podcast, is definitely to have a lot of money. It's one of the, one of the money. Yeah. <laughs> so I love money, and uh, if you don't love money, you got a problem. Probably don't have any money if you don't love money. Um, but that. Not my main goal in life, but um, I can't, you know, you can't do other, the big things in life and change people's lives without money. So that's a key factor. I want to, um, you know, later on in my life, like I was saying before, is I want to be able to show people that there's other ways of life and that you, you don't have to take these routes that are ancient and 100 years old to fail. Everything's setting me up for fail. You know, I, I've, uh, I've went out in the world by myself and kind of took a leap. And uh, fell a lot of times and, and learned, and I, I want to take those those lessons and bring them to other people that are graduating high school, graduating college, and show them, you know, there's there's just so many other tunnels to go through. You don't have to go through the same tunnel that your friend is going through, your dad went through, um, or your mom's wanting you to go through. And um, you know, I just want to have a, a real a real happy life, and then I want to be able to try love traveling. So I want to be able to take my family, my friends, my parents, I mean, everyone, just, you know, wherever they want, whenever they want. Um, and I, I want to see like the whole world and, and experiences. I love making videos too, and and uh, that's something I did kind of in my in my past. And so, definitely traveling traveling the world and just be able to like the freedom thing, just getting up in the morning one day and getting on a plane and you know going wherever I want is that's where I find my like happiness and with my people and making take care of my people. I don't, I, you know, whoever sticks around in my life for the next five, 10 years, they'll be always taken care of. Like mm -hmm. I, and I tell my friend, my best friend's dad, like, yeah, I don't care if you got money or like your dad's got money. Like, you know, if you're taking care of already, I don't care. Like, I'm going to take care of you. Like you're my like son. Like you, know, you stick around. There's so many, like I, we were talking about where I um, had to give up. I mean, just 
tens and twenties of friends that just give up. You know, I've had to give up, and they've given up on me. And the people that have stuck around are gonna be the people I give the world to. Like I'm gonna, you know, make sure they never have an issue. Their life is completely different than anyone else. Um, so that's that's kind of my you know end goal is just just helping people, letting them know there's other ways. The biggest thing that's my biggest thing in life right now is just seeing all these people just being brainwashed into this tu- into this tunnel. So, Brennan. You're making things happen right now. You're on your way to even greater things, I have no doubt. And thank you so much for your valuable time, my man. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of the Growth Mindset University podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this one today, I would really appreciate it if you could leave us a quick five-star rating in iTunes. All you have to do is grab your iPhone or iPad, open up the Apple Podcast app, hit the search tab, search the show Growth Mindset University or just search my name, Jordan Paris, tap the show, scroll all the way to the bottom and then just hit that fifth star and that helps us tremendously in ways that you could never even imagine. It means the absolute world to me when people do this. I would be eternally grateful. If you do that, we're pushing 100 ratings right now, and it's really making a difference for this show. And of course, if you've not already subscribed to the show, just make sure you do that wherever you're listening to so that you don't miss that next episode. I know you're not going to want to miss it. And you only heard this episode today because I thought it was valuable enough to post here. So if you want to share that value with your friends, your family, Go ahead and do that. Share this episode with them. Take a screenshot. Send it to them. Take a screenshot. Put it on your Instagram story and tag me at J underscore Paris underscore so that I know you're listening and I can get back to you and put a face to the name. Now, if you're ready to really take your life to the next level, my book is on Amazon. It is also called Growth Mindset University. It's all about how to learn anything, how to take control of your life, and how to fulfill your vision of success. And you're not just supporting me and this channel by getting this book, but you're also getting this awesome book that's going to lay out the rules and principles to design your life full of joy and fulfillment. All right, I love you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count, live to learn, and grow to give.